0: Hey, I'm Colt. I'm here with Ryan, and we are Dynasty In-Depth. Yeah, good to be here. First episode. First episode. Trying to find our voices. It's probably not going to be very good, but it sounds sounds good to us so far. Yeah, fourth take. Fourth. This is the third time. Third take. Third time's a charm. So, uh, we are huge Dynasty football fans. Uh, got into it a, a few years ago. Uh, if you look through... our our phones, you'll just find text after text after text about fantasy football, uh, especially dynasty football. Uh, So we figured we'd try to do a podcast to share some of our wealth and knowledge. Uh, Both of us are pretty much bums at our job Mm. and just spend all day researching uh, players and football. And so uh, we figured we could share some of that information. Yeah, absolutely. you know, one of the things I
1: was really interested in with Dynasty football is kind of the combination of all of my favorite things. So I'm a huge college football fan. Um, I track the recruiting way too much. So, you know, huge NFL draft fan. Uh, I was born on draft day, 1987. Woo. Steelers took Rod Woodson in the first round. <laughs> and uh, I just love, love Dynasty because it just kind of combines, you know, it, you get to see the guys come through high school well you follow them you get to see them good play college you get to see them get drafted you get to see them and then you kind of get a piece of that um and i think that's really you know one of the most fun things um versus i don't know sometimes seasonal leagues i feel like you know you, you your first round pick goes down in week two with the year-end injury and it's kind of like well there's a kind of year screwed yeah
0: and next year you'll have a whole new team If you're a stop when we're drinking beer, we're also big beer fans. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What are you drinking tonight?
0: I have. Uh, I stopped and got something a little cheaper, but it's a, a Genesee Oktoberfest. Nice. It's pretty average. Yeah. What, what about you? I've got a
1: Amagang from Cooperstown, New York, a really good Belgian brewery. Um, I've got, I think it's a limited release double barrel aged Belgian double. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of bourbon. It's good. Don't know the ABV, but I'm going to guess high.
0: Well, good thing we're recording where you're staying. Yeah. I'll be driving home. (laughs) Uh, So do you want to go through some of the questions? Yeah, absolutely. We kind of talked a little bit about why we got into Dynasty. like this stuff I can cut out. Why we got into Dynasty football. Uh, Do you want to talk about strategy? Absolutely. Because
1: I think this would be interesting because we we probably both have a little bit different strategies. Yeah, definitely.
0: So uh, what type of general strategy do you use in Dynasty if – someone's new to Dynasty, maybe you can just explain a little bit what you look for, what type of players you li- you like to get, uh, just a general strategy. could be different year-to-year even, but uh, as of right now.
1: Yeah, so for me, um, startup draft, I am going to go wide receiver heavy, young established wide receivers, key there being established. And when I say established, I'm saying, you know, in first round if you can pull Hopkins, Adams, Thomas, you know, Juju of course. Um but I really want to come out of my startup draft with a couple wide receivers in that, you know, 24-25 range where I know I'm going to have them for a couple years, maybe a little bit more stable of a long-term asset. Um and you know, as far as rookie drafts go and we see this every year, it's just pound the running backs, pound the running backs. Um that's really really all you want to do is come out of rookie drafts with as many running backs as possible. Um, Cause you know, the running backs are going to accrue value in year one. Uh, look at Darius Geis hasn't played an NFL down. And I think he's like dynasty running back 15, you know, right. Um, versus just pick any wide receiver since Juju. And then before Juju, probably 2014 with the, with the greatest wide receiver class ever for fantasy. Um, you know, that they've all lost value. So, um, you know, and kill Harry, probably number one pick this year he's already on ir yeah he's you know not gonna fetch you a 101 next year or probably even a 105 um so yeah no for me it's startup um i want to come away with some really good wide receivers as far as depending on if you're in super flex or not um i think i'm i'm definitely more interested in having depending on how many teams you have in the league, I'm definitely more interested in having three, four starting quarterbacks in the league versus investing a lot in, um, you know, one or two guys. I'll just roll the matchups if I can get four starters. Um, And then my dynasty team is just riddled with mediocre quarterbacks, but Uh you can play, you know, you can play the, uh, play the matchups each week and same with tight end. You don't want to invest too much. um, But I, I just find that there's a lot of good tight end value out there. Young tight ends and, and after tight end four or five, it's it's a wasteland anyway, so you might as well grab tough. the guys you like at
0: tight end 10, 12, 14. Tight end tough because before last year, Kittle, mm-hmm. you could have probably found him on your waiver wires in a lot of situations. Absolutely. Uh, and then he goes from that to blowing up. Uh, and tight ends, they could have a great college profile. Uh, most A lot of them don't, like, catch anything. Uh, and then... Oh, it's cool. Hey, yeah. You're right. A lot of um, most major universities
1: um for our college football fans out there they they're not throwing to the tight end very much unless it's Iowa. Um you look at Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State and I'm struggling to even it would take me a second to come up with, you know, the best tight ends from Ohio State or Clemson or Alabama or etc. anyone from the Pac-12. Yeah. Um so it's basically iowa or bust there. Um but same, you know, they yeah, so tight ends are not featured so i think you're I, maybe you can speak to this um you're more the analytics guy i'm a little bit more the film guy um you you really just want to see a ton of athleticism with tight ends and i really like my tight ends to be like in that six five two fifty 250 range i don't really want the 6 235 guys yeah it's not my favorite i want them to be on the field as much as possible get the snap share up as much as possible um so you see a 6 foot 5 250 pound guy he's athletic
0: uh, I'm rostering him, Right. Right. Yeah. That, that was Kittle last year. Yeah.
1: Um, throw darts at the wall and see what sticks.
0: Yeah. Uh, and before that, I mean, you look at Greg Olson, it took him to a second team until he even started producing as a tight end one. And then you get a couple years and then he's hurt. Cause that's the other thing with tight ends. Not only are they out there catching passes, getting smashed by linebackers and safeties. They're also blocking on the downs that they're not going out to catch passes. So tight end injuries uh, happen all the time. And it's especially since you said earlier, tight ends, a wasteland, you just want to get as many as you can and hope they accrue value. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I guess my quarterback strategy, my tight end strategy is almost the same, right? I want to just collect a bunch, see what sticks. Um, I think tight end is so devalued. <laughs> in dynasty, especially if it's a onesie position, if you're not in a tight end premium league or anything like that. Right. It's so devalued that you can, I really believe that you can kind of, you can look at that list of the dynasty. If you don't have your own rankings, like dynasty tight end rankings. And I really believe you can, they're pretty easy to acquire when you're talking about tight end, 18, 20, 22, that was Mark Andrews for me this year, uh, trying to acquire him for a fourth round pick uh, rookie pick. That is before the potential of him doing something. I I think there's a lot of guys like that. You can kind of steal.
0: Absolutely. So uh, it was kind of interesting to me, though, that you said you were looking for wide receivers, uh, especially in the startup because of the longevity and the health. uh, But you would find the same thing with a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that definitely makes sense in a two-quarterback league. Mm -hmm. If you're in a 10, 12-team two-quarterback league, uh, that means 24 quarterbacks will be starting. Uh, you would not want to be starting Joe Flacco, or you wouldn't feel great about that. No, if you were. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also looking for advantages wherever I can get it, depending on how the draft falls. Uh, keeping in mind that you have these players forever, unless you trade them away, and <laughs> unless we were both, you unless you manage one of our teams and <laughs> constantly moving people. Yeah, yeah, that's the fun of it. Uh, it. I almost have a seasonal league just because I'm constantly trading. <laughs> seasonal away. dynasty. Seasonal league. dynasty because uh, I love to trade. And I'm always looking to improve. That doesn't always happen, uh, especially year over year. And it could depend on if you have a team you think is competing, a team. Absolutely. You know, I don't really believe in the rebuild per se. Uh, I'm always looking to get good players on my team, regardless of age. Uh, And then in the rookie draft, uh, like you said, running backs. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you're going receiver, they better have uh, early age productivity in college. College dominator. And also be productive as a young age, because that's been a good indicator. Uh, Roto World, I believe it was Roto World, did uh, they called it the skeleton key? Anyone uh, with a high a college dominator above forty percent, a breakout age above uh, below nineteen, and drafted the third round or better is pretty much a lock for at least wide receiver two productivity. And the perfect they st- the example started with Keenan Allen. You know he fell to the third. He's a top, top twelve, top fifteen dynasty wide receiver since he's been in the league, pretty much.
1: And it's funny at wide receiver because athleticism—I don't want to say it doesn't matter—but if you're looking at guys who have produced wide receiver, wide receiver two or better seasons con- cons- consistently, consecutively, a lot of those guys aren't even athletic. You talk about Keenan Allen. You talk about, you know, at least as far as coming out of college metrics work. Um, obviously, guys evolve <coughs> over time. Um, you know, Antonio Brown going to Central Michigan. I'm not sure you know, what his ethic was like was back then or even what their right. strength and conditioning was like back then um, at Central Michigan. But, you know, athleticism, I think, for wide receivers isn't even the key compared to, like you talked about, the break breakout age. How quickly can they come onto college campus, you know, with grown men and uh, take as much of that offense as possible?
0: There's a lot more savvy to the position than there is running back. Read, read the hole, read the linebackers and go wide receivers you're reading the field almost like a quarterback and if you can learn get that feel find those spots in the in the defense and be successful at it at a young age it's generally a good indicator that you'll be a good wide receiver and like you said just as many uh parker josh doxson super athletic wide receivers failed miserably and then you have keenan allen Stephon diggs not quite. Antonio as Brown, Devontae Adams. I mean, yeah, the these are elite wide receiver or DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen. They they don't hold a candle to the other guys in athleticism. Mm-hmm. Kevin White, Yeah, talk right. about super athletic, not productive in college. And when he was, it was his senior year. Uh, sounds like someone else from this year. a hey, Mr. Butler. Yeah, Mr. Hakeem <laughs> Butler. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So let me get your opinion on this because I know this is this is where I struggle and I'm sure anyone listening to this is going to struggle as soon, especially if you're new to dynasty, but you know, uh, I'm definitely interested in, if I have five rounds of a rookie draft, I really want to come out with five running backs, but um, I get in situations all the time where I'm looking at RB six, seven or wide receiver two at my pick in the first round um, and I might not even have those guys in the same tier. So I have the wide receiver in a different tier rankings-wise. If, if I have a running back and a wide receiver in the same tier, I am 100% always taking the running back regardless of what my roster is constructed like. Um, running backs are dynasty gold. Right. So um, tell me a little bit about how you handle that. Because I know uh, the rookie draft this year, I was on the board at 10. And um, Darrell Henderson went right before, which I would have taken him at 10. And I was stuck on the board with A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. Um, but but really, my next tier of running backs, Damian Harris, Justice Hill, uh, just not in the same tier as what I thought for A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and Debo Samuel. So tell me a little bit about how you handled that. Um, because it it ends for me as coming out with a lot of wide receivers.
0: A lot of wide receivers in this draft, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I would... M- Personally, I would be taking the running back because, like you said, the crew value a lot better than wide receiver. And wide receiver, you could always trade for that later. We see A.J. Brown's value falling since since he's been drafted. Same way with D.K. Metcalf with the injury. Although I saw today he called himself Wolverine. Yeah, he's and he's, back. Al- he's back. He's already healthy and back. I think he did the surgery on himself. Uh, there is a definite... Uh, if you're looking at – if
1: you're saying that the – But draft capital here is important, right? Right. Because you could probably get burned by saying A.J. Brown, great draft capital, really great profile as far as breakout age and dominator, and just looked great, um, great route runner. It really checks all the boxes. Ends up in Tennessee, which is, um, you know, at least in 2019, probably wide receiver purgatory. Um, yeah. Corey Davis is pretty talented. and I mean, I, I'm not trading a second-round – rookie pick for Corey Davis at this point, but you never know. That's the point of dynasty is you never quite know, um, you know, what's going to happen with the quarterback in the situation years later, but you know, you don't want to probably don't want to get stuck with like the fifth, sixth round running backs in the mid second round, just because they're running back versus fifth
0: like or six. Yeah. NFL, like I really want NFL day two draft, draft, draft capital or, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, for any running back. I'm going to take like in the second round of a rookie draft. Um, I c- kind of regret not taking like a justice Hill, um, I did end up with Damian Harris, but I kind of regret not taking, like, a Justice Hill over someone like Miko Hardman. Um, to be determined, of course, but, you know, like we talked about, I think regardless, if Justice Hill comes in, puts up 500 yards and
0: four touchdowns, catches a couple balls, he's worth more than Miko Hardman at the end of the season. Right, right. And it could also depend on your roster construction. Uh, I, I talked to a lot of people... That once you're in a league for so long, sometimes your wide receivers start aging. I was talking Mm -hmm. to someone the other day. His number one wide receiver was Edelman. His number two wide receiver was Fitzgerald, and he's like, "I I hope he's (laughs) loaded at running back. (laughs) He is loaded at running back, but he's like, I need to get wide receivers this draft. So you might value them different. Definitely would value them different then, and be taking more shots at uh, at wide receiver during your draft. I do agree with you though that minimum day two for the running back. Uh, there was some day twos running back even this year that I didn't really like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, for sure. Uh, you know, and, and this is t- to, you know, I this show is,
1: is we'll, we'll, you know, it'll get wings eventually, and there'll be a much more, you know, hard and fast format. But we're going to be talking strategy in some parts of every episode, right. uh, riddled through them. But this is really where I want to bring up running back uh, landing spot because, I mean, we see it with – you know, recently, just off the top of my head, we've seen it with Gurley in the in the Jeff Fisher offense. Um, we saw it with David Johnson um, in the Mike McCoy offense. I mean, yeah. he I think he was still RB twelve, but I mean, if you paid the price for him, that wasn't the season you you paid for. Um, so, you know, someone like Devin 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 Singletary. Yeah, yeah, Devin Singletary. He's a third round pick. That's great, but I'm not super excited about the landing spot in Buffalo. I mean, I. he might run like five plays in the red zone this year. Um, And I think Josh Allen is going to eat a lot of those touchdowns. But, you know, I I think landing spot for running backs is so important. And that's what we've seen with Kareem Hunt. Uh, Damien Williams last year picking up after. I mean, Damien Williams is an undrafted free agent. Um, You know, I mean, he's an athletic big guy. But we see it time after time. James Conner. Jalen Samuels when he makes it in for Pittsburgh. Um, The elite... Offenses, um, you know, up. We'll see it this year with Latavius Murray. So, you know, the landing spot is so important for a running.
0: Landing back. spot is important, but it also changes so much year mm-hmm. to year that you still want to focus on good athletic running backs like Devin Singletary. He's not a very athletic running back. He went to FAU. Uh, is that where uh, Kiffin coaches at? Yeah, Lane Kiffin. Nice. Yeah. yeah uh,
1: so Devin Singletary, 12th. Uh, so those new to fantasy or dynasty um we'll rep playerprofiler.com matt kelly's site yeah really just just a fantastic website for all things analytics so free free to use free to use punching
0: a player you'll get so much information on. so when
1: we talk about college dominator target shares spark score different efficiency scores these are all coming from that website um so devin singletary 12th percentile spark score um geez 15th percentile speed score so based on his size adjusted for his size i mean he's he's just a horrible athlete to be honest i mean he he might be a visionary like a kareem hunt who was a, a terrible athlete and this is where I'll come with the film, but when you watch Kareem Hunt play, and I think David Montgomery to some point at this year, when you watch him play, you say, that guy just gets it. Um, You can be as fast as you want, but if you can't find the hole, I'm talking about Tevin Coleman specifically here. (laughs) If you can't find the hole.
0: Or me um, sometimes. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, Or, you know, there's different things that can't be measured, like contact balance for a running back, how easy do you go down, different things like that. But I didn't see anything on Devin Singletary's film that that I was excited about because I, going into the college football season last year, they were repping him as a, a top 12 dynasty pick, rookie wise. He was really productive. He was yeah. very productive. Um, but I'm, I don't see anything in his profile that excites me. I mean, literally, college target share of 7.7%, 54th percentile is like the most exciting
0: thing I see. And at FAU, I just don't even know what to make of that. Right. And that said, if he gets two, three hundred carries this year, he's gonna have value. He's gonna increase his value.
1: Absolutely. He he will be worth more than AJ Brown. Yeah. At the end of the season if he gets nine hundred yards and four yards a carry and four touchdowns. <laughs> he will still be worth more than AJ Brown and I love AJ Brown, but that just comes back to what we're talking about as far as the value in rookie picks. And a lot of this stuff is gonna be league specific. So you might be playing in a league at home with a bunch of guys that really know what they're doing. Um you might be playing in a league at home where everybody's new to Dynasty. So I think, you know, we could give you some good pointers and you could take some things away from the, the show here, but it's going to be a lot of league specific stuff. Some teams, uh, we're in a league where um, there's a few teams that love tight ends and you're going to see hoarding of tight ends on certain teams and they, they're going to value them more than other teams. They're, and I know in the league we're in, um, rookie picks are way overvalued. Um, I haven't had a first round pick in that draft yet because I'm not saying I've always made the right move, but... I'm always willing to sell my rookie picks in that draft for an established player.
0: Stats say it's about 50, 50, especially after the third pick in a draft, uh, whether the player is going to even be a second tier player at the position. So there are so many Laquan Treadwells and Josh Dawkins
1: and absolutely Kevin White's. And really the list goes on and on and on. Uh, and really a lot of the, I hate to say it, um, cause I love wide receivers, but uh, I would, <laughs> the majority of the landmines are wide receiver. Um, I Another mean, reason to be careful, to tread lightly on uh, your rookie picks with wide receivers. There's
0: been plenty of running backs, too, though. There like has. Especially, uh, what was uh Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson, uh, the running back from the Titans, uh, was really high. Oh,
1: man. What was his name? He played at Washington. Bishop yeah. Sankey?
0: Bishop Sankey. Yeah. I mean, he was like a top three pick and complete bust. Yep, absolutely. So, so that being said, getting guaranteed, proven NFL production for unknown is always a good thing. Uh, I guess the downside is if you have rookie picks, they're a value that don't take up anything on your roster. You can use; you don't have to waste a roster spot for a rookie pick. Uh, however, uh, like you were saying, it's a crapshoot most of the time, especially second, third round. When you get into those rounds, it's worse than 50-50 <laughs> chance of having a well, I feel a like player. once you hit
1: pick 20, even in a good draft, I mean – before that but right. i mean as a nerd as a real dynasty nerd i am even on the board at pick 20 24 i'm pretty excited at that point but it's it's just because i've done way too much research right but i mean you're talking about Kalen bellage type players
0: um probably aren't going to be on on your roster or an nfl roster in two or three years so yeah we can we can break we're a little bit late on this we're
1: we're september 6th we're (laughs) jumping into the uh green bay in chicago just played the shittiest game i've watched in forever um i was watching the game with my brother-in-law who was up from florida for the hurricane um and he doesn't really watch football. He, he likes college football. He goes to UCF, so he's got season tickets there. But he doesn't watch too much NFL. And he, he honestly asked me, like, is this what the NFL is now? Because last night's game was so horrible. I know it's the first game of the season. But you kind of start to think, like, what's the point of preseason if the first game is going to look like this? Right. Um, and it was, I mean, really just horrible. And I just it just felt like a lot
0: of commercials and a lot of punts. Well, it, it probably didn't help that the NFL implemented a role you could not pass the ball more than six yards before the game started, uh, which is what it looked like. They adhered to it very well. Mitch Trubisky would be, be very good in that league. Yes, yes. Six yards, Tariq Cohen over and over and over again. Even Rodgers looked bad. Yeah, he
1: did. He had that one throw to to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and that yeah. was it. Yeah. I had Devontae Adams going last night, which... I, I don't think last year he had a
0: game under 10 fantasy points and last night was a fiver. He, he Last year he did not have a game under 86 yards, and he had 36 yards first game of the year, which you don't feel great about, but if no. there's someone panicking, they'll get better. Uh, was it two years ago? Last year or two years ago when Rodgers was like, relax, mm-hmm. and they did pick it up again.
1: I think he said that too. He said, we're going to be a lot better going forward, which seemed a little
0: obvious. Right. I, they can't be worse. So, as you said, we're a little bit behind, but we wanted to talk through, uh, especially, you know, just kind of get some uh, where we're coming from as far as uh, how we feel about the rookies. Uh, this year, uh, we'll be behind on that, but next year and moving forward, uh, we'll have some better intel for you. Early on, too. I think, well, you know, as, as I said, as the show
1: gets wings, um, I'm sure we'll have a, a Debbie corner to this that I'll probably be spearheading. Um, I know Colt is going to bring a lot of, Analytics to you, but um, yeah, the information going forward is going to be a lot more timely for sure.
0: Uh, but we just wanted to go through top ten wide receiver rookies, who you have as your with the highest NFL ceiling, who has the highest NFL NFL floor, and who is the most likely to bust. Do you want to go through your top ten rankings as of right now?
1: You have all ten busting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. I didn't I didn't love this class. Love this class. Um. Loved this class before the college season got started. It lost some members, and Brian Edwards and Amon Richards um, in Miami, and, and some different things Tyler there. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson didn't come out. Oh, did you see last night? He was like two for seventeen or something. Oh, it's no and, good. Yeah. Um. So didn't love this class heading into the rookie draft as much as I did going into the college the previous college season. Um. Sorry. Do you ask for my top, top ten? Top ten. Okay. <clears throat> so you know. This is Dynasty, so this is the long-term game. So I still have NKL Harry at one. Um, I like his fit in that offense. They've been productive with almost – they're they're productive with Julian Edelman at wide receiver and Chris Hogan and et cetera. And I, I love Harry's profile, the early breakout age, the dominator, um, his size, his speed. I really like a lot of things about his pro, um, profile. Love this draft capital. I don't think Bill Belichick's ever used a first-round pick on a wide receiver in his career. Um, Obviously, he's on IR now, going to miss the first eight games. But you didn't draft him to start him in the first eight games, right? Um, I'm, I don't know that Tom will ever stop playing football. But I'm not entirely worried about life after Tom, to be honest, because at the age of forty-two, yeah, at the age of forty-two, I I don't think Tom Brady. I, I think he's an elite decision maker with elite experience um and really all the intangibles you could ever want but i mean his arm is not that lively anymore it's not eli manning total noodle arm um mm. but i'm not really worried about life after n kill harry after tom brady uh, yep
0: yeah <laughs> exactly not worried about n kill harry not to, worried and, about n. and n. Kill this harry. is one of those situations yeah. i have n kill harry as my number one wide receiver you just gotta look at the profile he was the best receiver in the draft uh arguably the best receiver in the draft and it showed in his draft capital first round pick. Uh, I believe only Marquise Brown yeah, was the first good. wide receiver off the board. And then, uh, which was just a bad pick. Yeah. Well, it's the Ravens. <laughs> what do you expect?
1: That was the, uh, who's your Ravens GM?
0: That was, that was his swan
1: song. Oh, so yeah, he's going away. Yeah, He's like "F you guys. <laughs> Maybe there was some kind of contract
0: dispute. Maybe they pushed him out earlier. So they're like, fuck you guys. I'm just going to give you Marquise Brown in the first round. Uh, so I also have Keel Harry as first-round pick, and like or first-round pick, number one wide receiver. Probably not a first-round pick. Most years he would not be a first-round pick. No. In uh, most dynasty drafts, but this year the talent was a little lower, so I had him as a number one wide receiver and then definitely a tier drop-off after him. I don't know what you think about that. So I have Debo Samuel at number two,
1: and I, I really – Kind of when I was on the board and I took AJ Brown, uh, everything about me said Debo Samuel. Um, I made one of the key mistakes that dynasty players make. Um, uh, in this league, I was on the board. I owned Jimmy G. I owned George Kittle. I had just traded Pettis. I kind of felt that too many 49ers crunch. Um, and we can tell you through experience just ignore that. Um, if you like a player and you like the situation he's in, don't worry. If you've got Juju and you've got James Washington, and then you're on the board, and you know, or you, you know, Dante Moncrief is going for a fifth round pick. Don't worry about that. I mean,
0: situations change so much year over year. Look
1: at AB. You know, when Juju got drafted, um, you know, you had AB, best receiver in the game, before CTE took over his (laughs) brand. He's maybe Um, still the best. (laughs) Maybe one of the best receivers in the game. And then you had Martavis Bryant, who, checkered past, but. I mean... Uh, he was buried. He was... He was buried, for sure. So you looked at this guy, Juju, second-round pick, his late second-round pick out of USC. Of course, there's that crappy narrative about USC wide receivers, which I don't understand how you could think that, like, one school was just going to constantly produce busts at a position that, right. that, like, in a vacuum makes no sense. But, I mean, I think he probably fell further... I, I'm sure if anyone had a start up that year, he fell way far because when is this Juju ever going to get his chance? And here we are now, two years later, he put up, you know, really, I think the two best, two of the best seasons. I think it's Randy Moss and like Odell Beckham are yeah. the only players that have a better first two seasons than Juju. And he's the number one player on the team, or number one receiver on the team. And wide receiver two is a question mark. Absolutely. So we went from, you know, Antonio Martavis, Juju, one, two, three, to Juju, blank blank right so and that's two seasons and he produced in both those seasons so um this was a lot of words to say that my brain said Debo Samuel I I do love the film Uh, I love watching film Debo Samuel is an absolute just just an absolute monster on film he is just like a my ball receiver Uh, a little bit undersized but you know height wise but kind of thick 5'11 214 um you know, p- across the board, pretty athletic guy. The, the question with him was injuries, yeah. um, and, and he just plays a really physical game.
0: He was, he was uh, one of the top recruits in the country when he came mm-hmm. out, and everyone in the Debbie circles were expecting big things from him. He just got hurt year after year. Uh, finally, his senior year, he stayed fairly healthy and was able to produce Yeah. Uh, for the most part. But uh, he's also coming out as an older prospect, which
1: he is. Yeah, he stayed for the senior season, so he's already
0: up 23 and a half um, so a little bit older, I thought, but, uh, I thought, did he redshirt? He must have injury, uh, red injury.
1: Yeah. I, he got <clears> injured a lot and that is an absolute concern. Um, so, you know, as a dynasty player, you, you kind of have to have your own strategy on risk reward with injuries. Um, and you kind of have to work that into your, your model, which might take time.
0: And just thinking Juju's like a year younger than him. I, it's, it's crazy. A, it's in crazy his, in his third year in the NFL uh, than some of these, but you know that that happens. Uh, to me, that just means it probably caps their upside value. Uh, if you're coming in at 23, generally that the saying used to always be it takes three years for wide receivers to uh, really learn the position and develop. Uh, that was before 2014 happened. We Absolutely. had a huge breakout, but we're starting to see it again. A lot of these receivers, it takes three years. You know, first year they're learning the position. Second year, and so much can change. They could have different quarterback both two years. They could have new offensive coordinator, like we see so much in the league over the first two years. But they're still learning and developing. And then the year three is when we're we're looking for them to hit it. If if not, sometimes you gotta quit. You're redshirting, yeah. You're redshirting
1: ninety nine percent of rookie wide receivers. Right. Um, so unless their name's Odell or Juju or You know, a couple. I mean, I had Juju. I drafted Juju in in our rookie draft, and he. I think he had 900 yards and seven touchdowns, which is good. But I mean, I wasn't starting him every week, and and he had a you know a great rookie season. So, you're if you're drafting a wide receiver in your rookie draft, you you're redshirting him unless he's Odell Beckham, and now we're talking about a whole another echelon of player.
0: Right. And my my only point was with that was you're redshirting Debo, so you're looking at him hitting his prime maybe he's gonna be turning 25 this season 25 26 26. 27 it's tough you know 26 is gonna be his year three in the league uh you're looking at players now who are 26 27 like keenan allen and people have been like wow they're getting getting close to that 30 dynasty players seem to be so scared of the age 30 even though we're both over 30 and in our athletic primes yeah, I don't know about yeah. that. but And that's another buying opportunity, by the
1: way. As we, uh, Like I said, we're going to work in strategy, especially in these early episodes, on what we believe. But, man, you can just look for the buying window on all of these guys that are, air quote, old. Um, you know, just any player, 28, 29. I'm looking at Julio right now at 30. He's about to become the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. He's coming off... I mean, he's been – he's played all 16 games last three seasons, so the injury bug's kind of outdated for him. Um, and he's just coming off – I, I want to say one season he wasn't a top-10 receiver uh, in his career. Right. And, and, you know, I'm looking at the, the buying window on that because guys see that age 30. They see that, you know, even 29, even like a guy like Thielen, or as you get even 28, um, you really want to try to feel out your league for, you know – because you you really want to talk about a two to three year window on winning a championship um anything longer than that in all the running backs you've invested in the rookie drafts their lifespan's probably three years right so on average i mean there's always going to be a a zeke or um i'm sure i I don't think you can hurt barkley so i'm imagining five years from now he'll be a thing adrian peterson sure (laughs) 34 and still doing it yeah so um yeah, you, you look for the buying window on the older guys, especially if you're a win-now team. Um, I'd be buying – I might be buying Julio at the right price if I can throw a first for him. Um, I'd be buying Phelan for the same price. Maybe A.J. Green. I bet you can get like a late second for A.J. Green, which to me, I, I might throw that out there just based on the chances of you hitting on a late second round pick. Um, yeah. Who's your number two ranked rookie wide receiver?
0: I have Andy Isabella oh, as my number right. two rank.
1: So this is uh, – okay, so this, this podcast will be, I think will be interesting for people because, um, like I said, we are both analytics guys, but Colt is an analytics guy. I and believe. I'm, yeah, and I, I'm probably 50% analytics and 50% film. I am a big-time film guy, but I would not say that I'm a film grinder by any imagination – um, so yeah, this is where, you know, Andy Isabella, great draft
0: capital at the end of the second round, pretty athletic guy, um, ran a four three one forty. I'd say that's pretty athletic. Yeah, yeah. I think like we talked earlier that's not the end all be all for uh, <laughs> wide receiver. Uh, he sub twenty breakout age. He had over fifty percent of his the his college production or over fifty percent of. I, now, I understand it was Massachusetts. Yeah, but. He owned over fifty percent of that offense, receiving. So everyone they played knew they were throwing it to Andy Isabella, and he was still productive. And I do want to stretch, uh, sorry, stress
1: the you know you might not be a film guy at all, and and that sounds laborious to watch film, but it really isn't. It's two thousand nineteen. You go on YouTube, you Andy Isabella's is a little bit tougher because he went to UMass, but if you're talking about any Power Five team, you, you can watch every single, you can watch highlights of every play of every single player on youtube for free um i did watch a lot of andy isabella um i did like him um he did he did produce in some games where they had played some better opponents you know my concerns for him were just size obviously 5'9 188 uh, really short arms but my concern more was just when i watched him um he just he really is a body catcher and that's not to say he can't catch with his hands um, that just might be his routine to catch with his body and he had the four three one speed at UMass. So you can imagine when UMass is playing uh Joe Blow University or whoever they play against right. up there. Four three one speed is they've never seen anyone he played against at UMass has never seen four three one speed before. So I don't know if he was just a body catcher because he was wide open and you're all uh, you're gonna catch every ball if you can cradle it into your body versus catching with your hands. But even in, in preseason I did watch some uh, yeah, plays and, and even the deep balls. Deep, yeah, yeah well, I mean, I he didn't get a I lot I of runs, so yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I I definitely like him. And I I'm, I mean, he
0: beat Denzel Ward in a yeah, absolutely. In, in a, and I
1: think he beat Kyler Murray in a in a foot race too at the at the
0: I uh, heard Arizona camp. I heard it was uh,
1: I heard it was Kyler. I don't know. Uh, well then, I like Kyler even more. Yeah, I mean, I like had, Kyler Murray. Um, big Kyler Murray fan. I think he's i do i mean I have concerns about his size a little bit but not really i i watch you watch drew Brees you watch russell wilson you you see them tilting their head up and making different lanes for themselves to see down the field but it's not a huge concern. He throws a great deep ball um touch and accuracy all over the place so I love the offense I'm intrigued by Kingsbury um I'm interested to see how it's gonna look and and in this draft. I don't think any of these receivers, whether you have them at two or ten, I, I think there's a case to be made for right. all of them.
0: And I mean, uh, to me, like I think about him, and I think his ceilings, it might just be Deshaun Jackson, yeah, which s- s- still has value, more value in best ball, uh, probably less value in dynasty, but it, there's still value there uh, to be had, uh, especially with that speed, you can see him being used as a th- the deep threat. So maybe he goes. Three for eighty one week yeah. and <laughs> yeah, be one great. for fifteen another, which would be extremely frustrating and not someone you want to. I don't know. The three for eighty one sounds better. Yeah, that sounds a lot. His better. best
1: comparable player on player profile is Tyler Lockett, which is very exciting. Very exciting. Um. So yeah, no, I'm. I. I can totally get that. Um. I think that. You know, he's only like twenty three, so he's a tad not older, but you know, I think I. You don't. We don't know what Arizona is going to look like at all. We we'd be. I say 31 offenses, maybe 30 offenses. We can kind of see in our head what that's going to look like. Right. Um, we have no idea what Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray in that offense is going to look like. So,
0: yeah. We know the defense is going to be bad. We know the defense is going to be We bad. know they're going to be throwing a lot. They're going to be running a lot of plays. Mm-hmm. But a lot of plays of three and out still could not be equal much production. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you like them then i would say this is the best draft to i mean i've seen people who have had him at the 101 in this draft just based Which is on crazy. His, yeah
0: it is um i'm i would much rather like we take one early. of the running backs but we you go running backs and then we're looking at I, like you had said before i'm comparing him to justice hill damian harris yeah yeah, yeah what do you yeah. do then damian harris might be the third running back on the patriots uh justice hill He's the backup right now, but he looked really good in the preseason. Uh, and is going to ride your bench for two years and probably bust out of the league. But I have him as <laughs> a number two receiver right but now. But he's buying. <laughs> you know, maybe
1: this would be, and this is probably a good strategy point here. Um, let's just say you like a guy like Isabella, right? You're into him. You like his profile. You like his tape, whatever, whatever is into your evaluation. When it comes to wide receiver, there's such a big buying opportunity at the end of year one. Yes. So when Isabella catches... 35 for 600 actually that would be a pretty good season yeah, would for him. <laughs> but you know if if they really do run for if they really do throw the ball 2500 times <laughs> like King Barry's promised um you know at the end of the season when Isabella's you know he put up wide receiver 60 numbers um if you believe in him I, I think you can you can buy him easily way easier than you could in the rookie draft. So yeah. and that's going to be the common theme for wide receivers here.
0: Uh so who do you have at who do you have at number three?
1: Yeah, so I have at number three, I have um, AJ Brown here. So really, three. I, like I said, uh, these are these all feel like the same to me. Yeah, especially um,
0: this time of the year. Yeah, after so, the preseason, we didn't yep. re- see anyone do much of anything.
1: Yep. So we talked about AJ Brown. I love his profile. Um, I love his monster sophomore year, which is another corollary that we've seen yes, a lot. Absolutely. Um, you know, I love the fact that he ate DK Metcalf's lunch every year at Ole Miss. Um, I, I really love everything about him except for the landing spot. I love the draft capital mid-second, uh, mid-second round. I hate the Tennessee Titans landing spot. Um, I am definitely a Marcus Marietta, Marietta truther, but that's becoming harder to be every day that goes by as he maybe loses his job to
0: Ryan Tannehill. But... Uh, at this, it's point, hard to play quarterback if you can't feel your hand. Yeah, I would imagine. I don't know. Uh, Absolutely. You know, being a truther, he was good when His he played. Profile is so it's really elite. Good. I mean, yes.
1: every, I mean, jeez. We'll talk about a, quarterbacks another time. He, he's not a tool
0: like, like Winston was. Coming no, out. Like, there's no crab legs. No there's crab no legs. Pussy no grabbing. fucker there's, in the
1: pussy. <laughs> <laughs> there's no. Yeah, but um, you know, but. <laughs> This is kind of a fly guy for me, so, you know, I have wide receivers three through six are probably the same to me, so at this point, I'm just going to go ahead and invest in a guy that I kind of believe in. You know, when Mariota flames out this year, and they've got a new quarterback, this is the thing of Dynasty. We just don't know. So...
0: Yes, we do, and that's why the folks are listening. to Yeah, us. never mind. We do know. We do know.
1: Okay, so I do know that AJ Brown is going to do absolutely deadly squat this year. Um, he's going to ha- probably have that thirty-five five hundred season, you know. Um, but I'm not loving. I'm not loving the board. So uh, I think AJ Brown's probably my guy here. Corey Davis
0: I, doesn't scare you at all. You know. <laughs>
1: He's going into year three, which, again, another strategy point here. I'm always looking at year three wide receivers um, and who I can buy cheap. But I just, with Mariota at the helm, I'm just, somehow I can be a truther of Mariota, but also not think that it can get done. I'm not sure how that works, but,
0: yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, a lot of people say Corey Davis didn't, um, but he's gotten better every year. Last year, 65 catches, 891 yards, four touchdowns. is yeah. what you like to see the year before. He, and
1: AJ Brown's a slot guy mostly. I mean, if you watched his film, he he lined up he all, all over the place, especially when DK Metcalf was out, which was, I think, like all but like the September games every year. Um, so he he lined up everywhere, but he he definitely feasted in the slot. So if Corey Davis wants to draw the number one corner, and we've got the six foot, 225 pound great speed route runner the and A.J. Sl- Brown. You the know, big slot. Exactly. So will he average, you know, 10 yards per catch? Maybe. Right. But um, I like his profile. I love his age. I love his break. I love everything about his profile except for where he landed. So sometimes I'm just going to throw the dart at the wall and say, hey, maybe Mariota won't be there. Or maybe the offensive line is finally coming together. Maybe the run game is finally coming together. Maybe Corey Davis and A.J. Brown and whoever at tight end and Adam Humphreys who got paid – Nine hundred times more than he should have. Yeah, maybe all these things come together, and maybe that helps. Maybe that propels Mariota. But um, tell me about your number three wide receiver. I could be convinced just about anything at number three.
0: Yeah, we could just maybe rule through some of these. Uh, I got Paris Campbell at number three, pre or post luck, Uh, both. Okay, both because it like we like we talked about. Mm -hmm. Situation changes so much. Uh, Brissette will be able to throw. Uh, Paris Cam- the, the routes Paris Campbell runs yep uh, a lot different than the routes. They had T.Y. Hilton running. Uh, he'll be able to throw it eight yards downfield to Paris Campbell. I do believe that. Still B- one of the best lines. Bubble line- scream, bubble scream, bubble scream. Screen. I mean, that's what he did in college. Uh, they still have one of the best lines in the league. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do believe in Paris Campbell, elite athlete coming out of college. Uh, after him, I have J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, yep. and that's probably more to do with – the situation than almost anything he's uh, a, he's a good pre-season. player yeah, yeah he's a good player yeah uh but being on philadelphia definitely helps all sean yep he's uh i believe it's his last year of his contract
1: yeah i don't think they I, I don't think it's his last year but i don't think they owe him much after this year or i'm sorry i don't think they have a lot of dead cap right. after this year so they can kind of do what they will i mean w- philadelphia is
0: how he's a smart man
1: yeah and, and their depth chart I mean, there's no number two team in the NFL when it comes to who has the best and most talented depth chart. That's Philadelphia. Um,
0: Especially their line.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. So
0: They probably have three guys that would start on most other teams sitting riding the bench yep. for line, which so, is something you need.
1: So Alshon's actually through 2021. Okay. But he's got a big 13 and $14 million cap hits in the next two seasons with not much dead cap hit left. So J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, maybe if he – Impresses and he has impressed in the preseason, um, and he does kind of play a similar style of football. Um, Yeah, you don't know he could be Alshon could be a cap casualty, and then all of a sudden you're looking at J.J. Arcega-Whiteside as the potential number
0: one option in that offense, which is something you like. Yeah, of course he'd be probably number two after Dallas Goddard.
1: Yes, yes, love Dallas Goddard. That's film grinding to the extreme. But (laughs) I've watched a lot of South Dakota Jackrabbits Jackrabbit film. I had actually I had uh arcego Whiteside whiteside at four um, and that was a pick same I, size yeah and when I took A.J. Brown actually in this year's rookie draft I I actually had went back and forth and that was a tough call
0: um. well if you'd have followed my rankings you would have went I guess Sandy Isabella which yeah. you wouldn't like uh, <laughs> I have A.J. Brown at number five we yeah. kind of rolled through him Debo yep. Samuel at six yep. D.K. Yep Mecole Hardman yeah and I just wanted to get to number 9 cuz I have Denonte Johnson. Who? Denonte. Deontay. for the Steelers? Yeah. Oh, okay. All I right. have him at number 9. Yeah, I mean, I, which is probably a lot higher than most people would have him. Yeah, absolutely. I assume that's how you say it considering you didn't know who I was even talking about.
1: Yeah, no, I really didn't. Um, but you were talking about the unathletic third round pick. The unathletic from third Toledo. round
0: pick that uh had a great Sophomore year? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great offense, um, and it should... Sounds similar to someone else. Obviously, he's no Juju. Yeah, no, I mean... We're, but we didn't think Juju was Juju until he became Juju. No,
1: that's how you become Juju. <laughs> you have to be Juju.
0: Um, so,
1: similar, I had I had DK Metcalf at five. I got Miko Hardman at six. And Miko Hardman is an interesting case. This is truly, um, you know, elite athlete who... Didn't even come to Georgia as a wide receiver. Didn't have much production at all. But this is one of those situations opposite of A.J. Brown, where I look at A.J. Brown and I say, I love everything about this guy except for where he landed. And Miko Hartman is one of these guys where you say, I don't know what to think about this guy other than he's athletic. He doesn't have a lot of experience at wide receiver. But second-round draft capital tied to Patrick Mahomes – has my blood flowing Ooh. um yeah i'm interested i'm interested in that situation um so yeah i have paris campbell at seven but like i said any anywhere from two to
0: seven uh
1: yeah uh,
0: Ty- tyreek just signed a big big contract doesn't affect the the ranking at all
1: no i mean i don't think it does and only because i didn't I, in my when I drafted Michael Hardman in my wildest imagination, I did not ha- picture him being the number one receiver in Kansas City. So, and I don't picture Sammy Watkins being a part of that team's plans after mm. the season when he disappoints again. And he's worth six. He's he's cost sixteen million dollars a year, and they have no ca- dead cap space associated with him. So, I mean me hardman is what a mid second round rookie pick usually maybe from like 14 to 16 yeah that sounds about right so if i have a if i don't like any of the running backs on the board and i have a chance at potentially the wide receiver two um tied to patrick mahomes that's a chance i'm willing to take um because i don't think most of the time that's a that pick, pick 15, 16, 17, rookie draft, that's that's going to be a pretty decent bus candidate if it's on a running back.
0: Okay. So no, I Let's mean, talk about 8-10 to because that's where it 10? was total well, I had, wild cards. Did, well, I, I already went through. I had Hardman, Johnson, oh, right. and Marquise Brown.
1: Okay. Yeah, so I have Marquise Brown, then Andy Isabella, mm. and then Terry McLaurin. Um, so that was just really – this was not – I did not have Terry McLaurin on a pre-Rookie, um, pre-NFL draft rookie rankings, but um, I like Dwayne Haskins a lot. I like the connection there. I've heard a lot of good things about him. I did actually like his film a lot. He didn't command Ohio State's a little bit of a weird offense, Yeah, uh, heavy run game, uh, a lot of bubble screens, a lot of quarterback, um, a lot of rushing from the quarterback. So it's a little bit of a weird offense, but I really liked Terry McLaurin's. The routes he ran, and um, kind of like a poor man's Debo, a little bit, like a real tough, tough receiver. He's old. Yeah. Well, this is not a great class, so <laughs> you, you gotta gotta pick. <laughs> well, when you're looking at Ted, yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry McLaurin, we're talking about you know entering your late second, third round of a an infinite of a rookie draft, and like we talked about, that's there's landmines everywhere, so you kind of just gotta you know put your foot in the ground and see what you like there
0: yeah you should have traded those anyways for for some studs yeah you should have traded those already for aj green yes yes take the old guys there
1: or you know sometimes i'm pivoting there and if if i can trade for a second year tight end um instead of investing heavily in a rookie
0: draft or a startup draft that sometimes i'd be looking to invest in a t- tight end i believed in too all right, so we're going to go through some wide receivers, and we have a segment. We decided... Oh, I have interlude written on the paper. Yeah. I don't know. I guess our interlude was the beer opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything else you want to talk about? What else is going on? Anything interesting? Right now? So there's a, a couple guys over at my neighbor's house. Yeah. Uh, whenever, we get, whenever I get back there, they're doing... Four five thousand dollar Vegas leagues, which absolutely blows my mind. Like yeah. I don't know how you can drop twenty grand on uh, on a football team uh, league. Uh, apparently, one of the guys won one hundred twenty eight grand Jeez. a couple years ago, uh, so he's kind of been bankrolling the league. So uh, they were bragging. My These guys neighbor-
1: are not tight for cash. I'm guessing in general.
0: Uh, no, I think they're just d- 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 like gambling degenerates. Okay, I was gonna say because if I win one hundred twenty eight thousand
1: dollars in a high stakes fancy football league. I don't know that I'm then going to bankroll all of my buddies' $5,000 leagues. I'm just saying.
0: Well, so apparently they buy shares. Okay. Uh, so everyone, not everyone might own the same amount. I think there's like eight of them. Uh, so someone might own just a fifth of one of the, te- okay. Okay. One of the teams. Uh, the, the one that won the 128, he does most of the drafting since he won. So I guess he's the expert. Yeah. Until I get over there. Yeah. But I know nothing about, like, the format or anything. Uh, so... It's just uh our league is fifty dollars, which mm. I think is uh is a good amount. Seventy. Oh, it's seventy now? Weekly payouts, high score. Uh that's right. Man. You not just 5, never 000. you never
1: win that, so you you probably weren't aware of the weekly high score payouts. Yeah.
0: I thought our league was fifty dollar buy in. No, seventy. Seventy. Yeah. I do never win that. Anything going on with you?
1: Not really. Just um, you know, like I said, it's September sixth. Happy the season kicked off. Happy the college football's here. Um, I, yeah, I yeah. like college football more than the NFL, but, you know, like I said, Dynasty kind of bridges all of that for me. But just to sit down and watch football, I just, I can't, I love college football. Um, so we we got some nice days here in Pittsburgh, and we uh got some good days to sit outside and, and bring the TV outside and drink Oktoberfest. Drink Oktoberfest. And, you know, wh- the, here's the here's the great thing about Dynasty is if you were already a college football fan it becomes even better because you just start thinking about your devy rankings and who you're going to take in the Next 2022 years. rookie draft and it just makes it more interesting you turn a game on you're like oh clemson and whoever and you're like okay i've got travis Etienne, and i've got justin ross and i've got t higgins and i've got obviously text uh trevor so lawrence Texas I mean, I said,
0: A&M. yeah so that'll be a good one i'm yeah. excited for that game yeah watching those players uh, a lot of good receivers come out of Texas A&M. Kristen Kirk. Yeah, absolutely. Even Josh Reynolds. I'm a big Josh fan Reynolds. Of yeah. 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 Uh, he's a little buried, but hopefully eventually he'll rise. Invest rise in Josh up. Reynolds.
1: Throw that fourth-round pick out there and get Josh Reynolds right Josh now. I'm actually <laughs> going to send that trade right now as we're talking.
0: Fourth-round <laughs> pick, Josh Reynolds. Yeah, Probably a better chance of him hitting than someone you're going to get in the fourth round because wh- who who would be a fourth-round receiver? <laughs> <laughs> That sounds about right. Calvin Harmon. Calvin Harmon. Eh, I'm, no. In a twelve-team, he's
1: probably still in the third round. Eh, he was going earlier than Terry McLaurin for a while there, which yeah. is insane. The Redskins already told you who they like better, and people ignored it. Well, but you gotta, you gotta get your guys.
0: You gotta get your guys. So we're gonna go through what we like to call flashers and crashers. That's nice. I like that. You like that? I do. Uh, so we want to talk about our flashers. Woo! That was my that was my uh, flashing. I guess people can't see me. No shirt up got my pulled shirt. up, guys. My sh- yeah, so uh Flashers wide receivers drafted outside the top thirty, most likely to be drafted inside of it next year. And this is based on August D L F ADP. So if you don't belong to DLF already,
1: it is a great website. It's pretty cheap. Um yeah. go in it with your league and share the username. I there don't know you go. if I should be saying that <laughs> over the air. But uh um You know, so this is we're going to talk a lot about buying windows and selling windows because that's so important in Dynasty. You hold guys too long, uh, it can be a disaster. And if you, you know, if you don't buy soon enough on a guy you like, all of a sudden they're not attainable. So right. we're going to have sections of the show constantly about kind of who you should be keeping an eye on and check the price for. Flashers. Yeah. So tell us about your. Tell us about your uh, flasher. So out this these this would be a wide receiver that's ranked the ADP. I'm sorry, ADP outside the top thirty. At the position. At the position, <clears throat> wide receiver specific on the show, this episode I should say that's going to be drafted inside the
0: top thirty next year. So I have Mr. Curtis Samuel. He's received a lot of hype uh, from pretty much everyone and rightfully so. He's uh, turning 23 uh this year. He he's wide receiver 39 right now. Mm-hmm. His ADP is wide receiver 39. He's 5'11, 196. He is a he was an early second round pick 2 years ago. Uh kind of ran in some injury issues his first year, had a hole in his heart that needed fixed the second year, but <laughs> yeah. Uh he runs a 43140 and that's pretty good for someone that's almost 200 pounds. Uh Christian McCaffrey said he has not just football elite speed, world elite speed. So when someone like Christian McCaffrey says that, uh, you should take notice. And he
1: was electric with the ball in his hands last year. It was just about could he get on the field, could he stay on the field. Uh, Is this
0: his third year? This will be his third year. Okay. So that's something else we talked about. Yeah. You got to look at those
1: third-year players. Third-year wide receivers, you need to take – before the season starts, look at
0: who the third-year wide receivers are in their third year. Find out who you want to buy. So Matt Harmon's Reception Perception Mm -hmm. uh, really loves him. Uh, He's on Yahoo. Uh, You can also get some of their information. Uh, He charted out that he had a 76.6% success rate versus man coverage, which Mm -hmm. is 94th percentile, top 90. uh, He was one of the top 6% of all players in the league versus man coverage, 74.6% success rate versus press coverage and 73.7% contested catch rate. So uh, just to go through quick, the success rate versus coverage scores, what it stands for is how often a receiver gets open against the defenders covering him. A success is charted when a receiver gets open against the coverage, creating separation enough for the quarterback to have a reasonable target is marked as success. So that's saying pretty close to 80% of the time he ran a route, he was open. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: he he plays a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, which helps Cam Newton, um, who is not really a – I don't want to say he can't throw the ball downfield, but it's definitely not his best part of his game. So I think that that's – I actually have Curtis Samuel on my list too. I have two, but Curtis Samuel, he's being drafted. uh, His ADP is number 39 wide receiver right now, August DLF ADP, and I actually have him too. Um, I'd be shocked if this September ADP didn't have him like Seven or eight spots higher, yeah. Just maybe. because there's been so much buzz, but uh, you have DJ Moore there, who is, you know, a great prospect, first-round pick. Love DJ Moore. Love D- love but DJ. But that doesn't Moore. mean
0: they both can't be successful. Absolutely. I guess maybe the volume might be a little bit an issue. I know a lot of people talk about that, but last year the the Panthers uh, threw the ball 563 times. Uh,
1: yeah, and I think this is important to think about that we're not telling you buy curtis samuel at wide receiver 39 because he's going to be a uh, wide receiver one for you we're saying based on the fact that he's wide receiver 39
0: that's value. we can basically
1: I, i'm guaranteeing you that he gains value this time next year when we're sitting here on september 6 2020 he will not be 39 he will be 27 26 e- maybe even higher so these guys you know these flashers they're not, we're not saying they're going to be wide receiver ones on your dynasty team. We're saying that this is the buying opportunity to get them before they maybe the price equalizes a little bit more and they end up where they should be. I love them too. So where do you like, we don't need to talk about specifically like exactly, but you see him as like wide receiver 26, 27, 28, maybe 28 right now in dynasty.
0: In so dynasty, you, yeah.
1: So you give him like a, he's maybe valued like 10 spots lower than he should be. Yeah, I would that's, say a, that. that's a buying window, people. Like 10 spots is huge. I'm buying five spots.
0: So 10 spots is huge. So it's not just that he's athletic, he gets open all the time. Uh, I think the opportunity will also be there for additional volume. Uh, we look at the Panthers last year. Uh, I, I found some, dug up some information that uh, running backs receive 20, about 25% of the target share, wide receivers about 58%, which is low for uh, compared to most teams. Tight end about seventeen percent, which is also low because Christian McCaffrey caught so many balls. Uh and you look at wide receiver one received fifteen percent, wide receiver two received fourteen percent, uh wide receiver three received eleven percent, and other receivers, uh not wide receiver one, two or three received and or running back t- running back two, tight end two, mm-hmm. Wide receiver four plus received basically non starting, non starting formation positions, received about 26% of the target shares in this offense. That means that's not going to happen next year I, unless, uh, what's who's, uh, the white dude from the Patriots? Oh, uh, Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan. Let's, uh, Chris Hogan starts the year with, uh, who's the white six, dude from the Patriots? Yeah, that's not an easy one to <laughs> figure. Uh, unless Chris Hogan starts for eight for 80 and two touchdowns, and then I'm going to.
1: Then you're gonna Burn. buy No, then you're gonna buy Curtis Samuel even harder, <laughs> harder because that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. You again. have another one, or is that your only one?
0: Uh, that's my only one. I do also want to add that uh, he also has uh, rushing value. He gets, yeah, uh, he gets he gets carries. Uh, Jet which sweeps. It doesn't matter. Uh, that Cam Cam can only throw it ten yards downfield. He can certainly hand it off to him. That's a lot of hidden fantasy value, which uh, also doesn't matter uh what the target share is cuz mm-hmm. if you're carrying he last year he averaged uh about a rush a game for 10 yards and he also had five catches for about 65 yards a game so uh the games he the games he started he was about 6 for 72 total yards six touches for 72 yards which is pretty solid over a 16 game season absolutely
1: yeah and i think as cam gets older you're not going to see i mean I could be very when wrong. Re- he should not be rushing the ball as much as he has been in the past and the offense looks he a should lot- not be the short yardage back on the no. team anymore as he gets older. We've seen the shoulder injuries uh, continuously, so look for Curtis Samuel and and I, they're a smart team. North Turner's a smart offensive coordinator. they don't they don't want Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton to each take 20 hits a game. so I would not be surprised to see Curtis Samuel get involved two to three carries a week. Six to seven targets a week. I, I think his floor is safely flex position at his floor, yeah. and that's something you should be buying at wide receiver thirty nine prices. Wide receiver thirty nine prices is probably an end of
0: the second round rookie draft pick,
1: um and you should be buying that a hundred percent of the time.
0: And Cam, uh, he gets a lot of gets a lot of for not being an accurate quarterback. Last year was his most accurate season, sixty eight percent completion. Uh, you look at his weapons since he's been in the league. Thirty-plus year old Steve Smith, fat Kelvin Benjamin. Do we have Do we have numbers on what his yards per attempt were last year compared to previous years? Uh, I do not have. I'm it only just here. wondering about that, if if that more dropped.
1: Samuel and more Samuel and McCaffrey. Yeah, McCaffrey. If if that kind of skewed the the percentage there,
0: but definitely did from his first year. Either
1: way, what we're saying is go buy Curtis Samuel right now. Yes. Do not. Do not wait another. Don't even wait till the September ADP data comes out, because <laughs> then you're going to be buying them at cost. So I've got one guy. I got Curtis Samuel as well. I also have. Uh, this is maybe a cheat. He's at he's ADP 32 right now. But I actually have Cortland Sutton here as well. Um, I don't love that offense. Um, actually, I do like that offense more with Flacco than I do with. Keenum, Keenum, or I—I I mean, personally, I cannot stand Drew Locke. I think that's some of the worst film I've ever watched in my life as a, at a quarterback. Um, but Cortland Sutton. He's turning 24, so relatively young for a second year. I would say average, I guess. But last year, I mean, he caught a lot of flack last year, but, I mean, he. Um, had 700 receiving yards, and it's good for a rookie receiver. That is not bad for a rookie receiver. I think him and DJ Moore. We're really the only ones that accomplish something like that. So, um, Cortland Sutton, across the board, 6'3", 218, um, 75th percentile dominator rating at SMU, uh, great yards per reception, great breakout age, great spark score. Uh, his agility score is 98th percentile, best comparable to Alshon Jeffrey. I'm not saying that I love Cortland Sutton in the Denver offense. I'm not saying that I love the Denver offense but I'm well, that's saying what I'm that, hearing yeah, <laughs> sounds like you love the Denver I, offense. I'm all in on Denver offense. But um, what I am saying is that uh, he can't, he can't perform, even at 700 yards in a rookie season. That's a good rookie season for a wide receiver, and that's with Case Keenum and Emmanuel Sanders getting hurt, and really just a bad offense. I don't think that offense can be as bad, regardless of what the offense looks like. I think that's his floor, and that means his. He, as older receivers fall down the ADP, um he's going to be moving up. I see him I see him at wide receiver 25 probably value. So you're talking about plus maybe plus 7 spots there.
0: I'm buying at that price. Um, you don't think Emmanuel Sanders is going to come in and be the target hog he was to start at the beginning of the year. I know he Keeley's injury. Yeah. is tough. No, but he I looked mean, pretty good in the preseason. He
1: looks amazing, but I mean I, I they don't have a tight end of consequence. Um, no fan. Him. as a rookie though. Yeah, I mean, I I like Noah Fant long term. Um not even one percent as much as I like TJ Hawkinson. But r- rookie tight end, um, that they over invested in. Not I know people like Deshaun Hamilton. I think he'd probably for me, he's probably replacement level third wide receiver. Um, so yeah, I mean, even if it's a it, it's a pretty consolidated target share there. So, you know, I, I don't I think I think that's a buying opportunity for especially for the price. All right, so how about outside the top 60 that might be or no, guaranteed to guaranteed. be drafted inside the top 60. And and we're talking here when we're talking top 60 these are late third round, early fourth round rookie picks. Yep. So these are always worth the dart throw in my opinion. So let's talk about that. Who do you got for your outside the top 60? wide receivers who will be drafted inside the top 60 next year
0: i have one Keyshawn johnson oh all right yeah i like that arizona cardinals he's right now he's wide receiver 74 and as you said before uh he or like we talked about earlier uh very unathletic (laughs) fresno state wide receiver third wide receiver taken in the 2019 draft by arizona which is amazing when you think about it yeah uh but He kind of fits in that offense in the Larry Fitzgerald role. You got Butler broke his hand. Isabelle is a deep threat. He's not. uh, Christian Kirk's probably going to take over that offense. Fitz is soon to retire. Uh, Arizona says they love him. He's a great route runner. He was super productive at Fresno State, just like Devontae Adams broke a lot of his records. Uh, Right now, wide receiver 74. I mean, that's not even an investment. He sounds like. From from reports coming out right now, he he was listed as wide. Re- well, before they signed. Oh, uh, Michael Crabtree. Michael Crabtree, but I'm not worried about that at yeah, all. Yeah, I mean, you uh, can't be worried about that. So right now, he's the third wide receiver on that third or fourth wide receiver on that depth chart. And if they have the volume, and that Larry Fitzgerald's number one, Larry, and you who, just can't imagine th- this train's going to run out eventually. Exactly. Exactly. So exactly, he's got the potential to, to be
1: the number two receiver on a team that could throw the ball. Six hundred and fifty times. Exactly. I mean this and is it, it, not this is fantasy doesn't have to be hard, you know? <laughs> That's just it doesn't even matter if Keyshawn Johnson retires tomorrow. That right. risk is worth it right now. Absolutely. So yeah, no, I like that one a lot. I have um an already talked about player. I have Terry McLaurin here at number sixty four. Um I I really believe by week ten this year he's a number
0: one wide receiver in Washington. He is right now, but he, who wants the number one wide receiver in Washington? I like Dwayne
1: Haskins, personally. <laughs> I really do. I think Dwayne Haskins is a good player. I think he will be a good player. I, I like Darius Geis. Yeah, um, they have a lot of good pieces. So I think this team is obviously two to three years away from being like a super fantasy-relevant potential powerhousey team. But I'll take the haskins geis McLaurin combo at what they cost right now. Um, mm. McLaurin wide receiver 64 i mean he's going to be the number one wide receiver on the team that's there's only 32 teams in the nfl so when he puts up 650 or 700 yards this year um he's going to be wide
0: receiver 40 well he'll have to do that on like 10 catches yeah he might have to well when haskins (laughs) is the quarterback in week six or whatever uh haskins does not look good Uh, it's going to take him some time to develop i think
1: they're missing trent williams there's a lot of weird that team is really bad yeah it's really bad yeah this is really good. Uh, regardless, Terry McLaurin, I'm investing in wide receiver 64. That's a, I don't even know, late third round rookie pick.
0: If that. Yeah.
1: that's I'm um, I'm always going to invest in a player that I like at all at that price. Um, I also have Traquan Smith here at 60. So this is really just yep. a result of, um, and this is kind of, you know, he is number 60. So that's, but if he locks down the number two job, which there is no number three,
0: hmm. Ted, Ginn Ted Ginn
1: cannot be a thing. <laughs> emmanuel butler who uh there was a lot of talk about him he's on the practice squad now i'm not in love with that trajectory yeah they him um especially when you're talking about like keith kirkwood and you know god knows who is the wide receiver for if emmanuel butler can't make the keith kirkwood austin carr ted ginn if, if he's not beating out those guys that's that's a road he, he's got to travel a road that i'm just if, if i end up missing out on emmanuel butler or someone like that yeah. that has to travel that road i'll just lose on that one because that's just not going to be a hitter often so if if traequan smith can lock down that number two job
0: he had big games last year he
1: did he had great games he had multiple
0: hundred yard receiving games yeah
1: when he, he finally did. got some run and he came from he came from ucf which i know you know ucf was the national champion last year <laughs> in air quotes air quotes <laughs> um but, you know, third round pick, so good Good day to draft capital, great breakout age, um, g- great 17.4 yards per reception. He's got a nice athletic profile, 6'2", 210. Um, he had 427 receiving yards and five touchdowns, So, you know, nothing fantastic, but, like, I just have to think the jump from UCF to Drew Brees, Sean Payton offense is, is yeah. It's a is, little is more decent. complicated. Um, so at wide receiver 60, like we talked about, it's all about what you're investing in a player. It's not saying, Hey, Trey Smith is going to be wide receiver 15 next year in dynasty, but uh, it's hard for me to imagine a situation where Trey Smith is not higher than wide receiver 60 next year.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely a lot more than, the, uh, uh, Terry McLaurin.
1: Terry McLaurin will be wide receiver 40 at the end of the season, which will be a jump of 24 places. So we'll have to come back to this podcast and uh, maybe put that in a time capsule. So, we'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah. see if that happens. We'll have to revisit. We'll have like a quick revisit episode of some uh, some calls. But, That'd be awesome. All right. Let's talk about crashers. So Crashers! We- <laughs> exactly. Um, so let's talk about a wide receiver based on August DLF ADP. Wide receivers that are being drafted in top 30 right now. That we do not believe will be top thirty drafted receivers in Dynasty next year. Go ahead, start us off. So I
0: got Robert Woods, okay. uh, which might be surprise some because people think he's a great value. However, he is twenty seven years old. He's on his. This sec- is
1: Bill Buffalo Bill Sour
0: Grapes. This is, this is all is I. Not hear. Bill Sour Grapes. <laughs> this is another failed USC wide receiver. Oh, the, the Marquis Lee corollary. Uh, he's on his second team. Uh, his ADP is twenty right now, which is pretty high. And mainly, I just think that cooks and cup are better and there's no way this offense can support three top 20 wide receivers uh consistently
1: yeah and i like their tight ends too higby and everett i'm not saying they're they're world breakers or world smashers or anything like that but i do like the talent they have their wide or tight end i have to think that they're going to work the tight ends in more Um, you just we were just talking about josh reynolds yeah oh yeah josh i'm going to buy josh reynolds right now um no i agree with that um that's a i i it's amazing that all those wide receivers are fantasy relevant. You just wonder how long that can last. Cup is
0: twenty first, Cooks is fourteenth. Uh, I kind of took the oldest one out of the group. Cooks, I like the most by far. Absolutely, I yeah, mean he's, he's just done. had he's, he's so productive. People want to crap on him because
1: he's on his third team in whatever five or five years, but that dude has literally produced a thousand yard season almost every year on new offenses.
0: I'm not a big believer in Cup, but if him and yeah. Robert Woods have the same same exact season next year, Robert Woods is probably going to fall out of the top thirty. Just because he'll be a 28, 29-year-old receiver. Dynasty loves the young players. They do. And here's a question for you. Do you think that Cup is devalued? I think he is devalued because he was an older prospect. He's yeah. coming off an ACL tear. He was so productive early on yeah. in the year, but you you don't like to see the ACL because just like, it, just like A-Rob, like he came back from his Allen Robinson. He came back from ACL last year to... He looked okay, but it takes a almost a full season, and then the next year you're like a full year recovery, full season of playing, and next year you're at hundred percent strength. If you watched the Chicago
1: Packers game last night, um, the only thing you noticed it was uh, first of all Mitch Trubisky is really horrible, um, and Allen Robinson. I feel so bad for that guy. I saw someone tweeted today that he's played with Christian Hackenberg. Blake Bortles and now Mitch Trubisky, which is... Yes. I mean, I'm just so happy he's getting paid a lot of money yeah. because he deserves more than he's getting paid. But that offense... He could have had 200 yards if that Mitch he, was had a, he had a nice night last night. Of, that offense ran through him, period. I mean, if it wasn't going Allen Robinson, number 12, it wasn't going anywhere. Uh,
0: Tariq Cohen, 10 targets for the joystick. Yeah. Okay,
1: so my guy inside the top 30... Um, I've got Corey Davis at 23,
0: who I don't. Oh, see. that makes sense with your AJ Brown love. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I have, um, you know, I, I have not really so much for this. the
0: Mariota truther. something's not adding up here. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a fake truther <laughs>
1: after all these years. But no, I have Corey Davis. Um, he's at 23 right now. I just, I don't. I mean, he had such great, great draft capital, a nice profile, even though he came from a small school. I just. I don't that that team is gonna be a, that offense is a mess this year. They're gonna be a mess. Anything that runs through that team is gonna run through the ground, and I don't even know if that's that's gonna be a thing. It feels weird, people giving up on him for his third year, though. No, I'm not giving up on him. I'm just saying if I had him, I think I'd be he's gonna lose him. value. Yeah, that, I'm not. Yeah, this is like we talked about. I'm not saying that if I say you're gonna be in tied the to top thirty, that means you're gonna be a wide receiver one. I'm not saying Corey Davis is gonna fall off the face of the earth and he's going to be wide receiver 40 but I think if I have Corey Davis I'm probably going to try to cash out Um, I would even trade him for AJ Brown in the second round pick next year if I could and that sounds crazy swapping guys from the same team but I'd rather just pick up the second and say I think these receivers are probably as talented as each other um, and my other guys, uh, this is low hanging fruit, but I've got AJ Green at 26. Yeah. Um, that he's is low hanging fruit. Yeah, he's already going to miss a couple <laughs> games this year, but if you've got AJ Green you haven't sold yet, um I mean, I'd be constantly shopping him, but you don't want to you don't want to sell too low because there there are going to be people, people conversely like me that would want to send out some horrible offer for yeah. him and hope that it gets accepted. Like Jordan
0: Howard in a late round swap.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um but yeah, AJ Green, I just can't imagine when we look to 2020, I just, I really can't imagine that he's going to be sniffing that top 30. That's Andy another pay. terrible offense. It's a just... terrible offense that that doesn't have a, like, so Andy Dalton will not be the quarterback next year. Um, and I say that because Marvin Lewis is gone, and Marvin Lewis was the king of keeping people around for way too long. So now that he's gone, Zach Tyler, is it Taylor or Tyler? The, sure. The, the new coach. Yeah, doesn't matter. It, doesn't matter. McVeigh disciple. Yes. We'll see how deep this tree runs. The roots run. But uh, you know, we'll, I can't imagine that Dalton's going to be the quarterback next year. Uh, Ryan Finley is definitely not the answer quarterback. We're t- this is a team that's going to have a top five draft pick next year. So what do you think of Boyd? I, I like Boyd a lot. Um, I'm, I don't know where Boyd sits right now, but if I want to say he's a top. If 20. I could swap Green for Boyd all day, yeah, I don't long. think that's happening. Green. You don't think it's happening? No. Let me look at his uh. Oh, you know what? Boyd's 25 and Green's 26. So if I can... <laughs> <this is laughs> I mean, a, it might be able to swap. Yeah, man. I mean, I if know. I can do Tyler Boyd in a third-round p- pick for, for Green, 18. I'm doing that. Um, but I'm just not
0: interested. Another in s- unathletic. Yes. Extremely productive at a young age. <laughs> yes.
1: But I, wanna, I, I don't third year break really want to see where this offense is going to take me with A.J. Green at 31 this season with just another injury. Um
0: already to start the year. Yeah. Already I mean, to
1: start the year. This is like the third or fourth year in a row. So
0: regardless of whether he's productive or not, we saw the same thing with Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Super productive in his post thirty year, but he didn't have any dynasty value just no. because people didn't think it was going to happen year after year after year and you just sat it you just started him every
1: If you would have bought Larry Fitzgerald five years ago for the late second round pick, you'd be just I mean, talk about value.
0: Yeah. All right, I don't see the same thing with AJ Green cuz of his injury history. No, I mean, Fitzgerald, no. was Fitzgerald never had injury history. Uh, then uh Arians moved him in the slot and he you know has been super productive then Bengals aren't smart enough to do anything like no. that. So that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, we'll see with the new offense, but starting off the year injured, going to miss uh, I think I read at least four miss at least four games and you know how this stuff is. He's not coming back 100%. The the chance of re-injury is so high. Um And, you know, I'm I'm guessing a lot of this offense is going to run through Mixon and Boyd, and I don't think there's a lot of offense to go around. No. I think they're the worst team in the AFC North, and it's not close. I like uh, Pittsburgh's defense is getting better and better. Um, Cleveland's defense should be pretty good. Baltimore's defense is very good. I I don't see a lot of great plus matchups um, for this team in the near future. So, yeah, I'm out on A.J. Green. I'm not selling him for, you know, anything, but, you know, if I can get – I think – are you trading him for a second-round rookie pick next year? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Um, I'll take my chances in the 2020 class. All right, so how about inside – player drafted inside the top 60 who you do not believe is going to be inside the top 60 in 2020?
0: I have Marvin Jones. Okay, yeah, He's I like a, that. He's ADP f- – Uh, Right now, wide receiver 44. Uh, He's only played all 16 games one time over the last seven years. Uh, He'll start the year over 30, and that offense is super low volume. Uh, They already said they just want to run, run, run. That's CJ Anderson.
1: Will they be able to do that when they're in negative game script every game? They will try. Because the defense isn't good either. I mean, the the defensive defensive line's line's pretty good. good. Yeah. Yeah. We just said the same (laughs) thing. But it's not a great defense. No. And you're no. facing Aaron Rodgers. I, they did
0: last year. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they, they, they still ran. They still ran it. Or dump it off to C.J. Anderson. Yeah. That bowling ball-shaped running back. This can't The, the offense can't support two wide receivers. No. Hawkinson is a stud, as yeah. you talked about. I'm Galladay and Hawkinson, I'm in on that. They're the future. Johnson, Carrion Johnson, I'm in on that. And Amendola. Yeah, obviously Amendola. <laughs> no. Wait, is that
1: another white guy from New England? Is that how this works? That, that
0: white <laughs> white wide receiver from New England. Um, I'm in on Gallaudet for sure. Um, I like Marvin Jones, a player. I mean, he's he's been super productive when he actually plays. Yep. But it's more situation and age that... Is top, he turning 30 this year? He, yeah, he'll be turning... He'll uh, be 30 to start next year. Okay, so, yeah, you know, this
1: fake age 30. So yeah, he's 29 and a half now. He'll be 30. I can't see anyone looking to buy... No, you Marvin know Jones. you know what I would do if I had Marvin Jones? I would really hope – I don't know who Detroit plays in the early season, but I'm really hoping they get in like um, – I'm going to use a, more air quotes here on a shootout. Whatever uh, Matt Patricia calls a shootout, which I'm, I'm sure is just him eating too much talk about and shitting himself. <laughs> but <laughs> if they can get into a shootout and Marvin Jones can put up some decent numbers, I'm I'm just going to look for my first chance to sell. But again, just like any other play, I'm not going to sell for nothing because I do believe Marvin Jones is a flex play at least for yeah, this year and maybe next year. But you know, but I'm I don't
0: not... see him in the top sixty. No. I mean, that's a pretty far fall though. The Sixteen would you spots. Say he he's 44. Okay. We got so many good young wide receivers coming up. Yeah. If we got if we got Keyshawn and uh, who who was your and Terry McLaurin dropping coming up in the top sixty, people got to fall out.
1: Terry McLaurin will have a higher ADP than Marvin Jones next year wide receiver
0: well i have marvin jones out of the 60 and where, where was terry McLaurin 64 64 yeah you, i think you he didn't can rise He didn't make it sound like he was gonna gain <laughs> one place
1: all right so my guy here in this i swear i had picked this before the thursday night game last night but i have geronimo allison he Toronto! yeah he's number oh. that's basically what happened last night so he's he's a uh, wide receiver number 49 right now hmm. um if you want to have a, get a beer sometime and talk about how much I hate what the Packers have done with their offense, um, I am someone who hates everything Make about... Make that a picture. Yeah, exactly. I am someone who hates everything that they've done to Aaron Rodgers, not surrounding him with any talent in the last decade. Um, Devontae Adams, a late second-round pick from Fresno State. Great, thanks. You know, Aaron Jones, a fifth-round pick from UTEP. Thanks. Um, mediocre offensive line. It, it's, it's a little better this year, but it's been mediocre in the past. So I am definitely a Green Bay uh, doubter as far as what they've surrounded Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers with. But Geronimo Allison at 49, he's he's the third best receiver on that team right now that I think is going to be very consolidated between Adams and, and Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. And I I will be... Jimmy Graham look good. I really want to say I'll be shocked if they don't invest
0: a top 60 first two-round pick in a wide receiver next year. I want to say that I'll be... There's a new front office there, right? Yeah. New, new coaching staff. You could definitely see that happening. I want to say
1: be. I'll be shocked, but when CeeDee Lamb ends up there in the first round le- next year and CeeDee Lamb <gasps> Adams, yeah. then, you know, that <laughs> I will go against everything I say and drop my first-round draft pick on <laughs> CeeDee Lamb. But I just... I I, I don't like Jeronimo Allison as the number three receiver in Green Bay, period. But he's going to be the number... Re- three receiver for like five more games and then he's going to get passed up by someone else I, I hate that value at 49 i don't i think he had one target and zero catches last night in the game yes by the way him and anthony miller both blanked the score sheet and i'm just at 49 I, i'm literally move, are you moving geronimo allison for a third round pick yes i am i'll, Fourth, I'll take the chance of the bust. Fifth, sixth. come on 10th i'll take the chance of a bust uh, we could talk about strategy-wise roster cloggers, but to me, Geronimo Allison is a roster clogger. He's one of those guys where you say, I don't want to release this guy because once he hits waiver wires, everybody's going to ever, bid yeah. on him, and he can clog their roster. But something in the back of your head says, oh, what happens when Geronimo Allison is, you know, Valdez Gantlin goes down. He's number two in the, the in Packers' the Green offense. Green Bay Packers, yep. but
0: we haven't had a d- successful number two since Cobb and Jordy yeah. Yeah.
1: Nelson. So – He's just one of those guys for me that's gonna clog my roster. I feel guilty, you know, releasing him into the wild, and free agency. So I'm just gonna move him. And if I lose, if I lose a championship because of Geronimo Allison, then I'm I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, that's not happening. Forty nine to me is way too rich. I'm thinking like he's I'm yeah, I'm thinking he drops twenty twenty plus spots. So I I'd take Absolutely. a third for him. And I think you can get that still.
0: Yeah, I agree. He All sucks. Right. Yeah, not only I mean the only reason he had any value is because he's on the Packers offense. Mm-hmm. If he was anywhere else, he would be a fifth wide receiver. Yeah, we wouldn't even be talking about him. Plus his name's Geronimo. I mean, Geronimo. Yeah, so
1: that's Flashers and Crashers yeah. first uh, wide receiver. Flashes and Flashers crashers. and
0: Crashers. <laughs>
1: Flashers and Crashers. So we'll come back with some running back, a uh, more running back focused show next. Ooh. So um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you? What else is going on in your life? we're gonna watch Penn State uh play Penn Buffalo. Penn State Buffalo. Now.
0: That's a seven o'clock seven thirty. Seven thirty Fox game. Yeah. That's a national game. So we're Who wants to watch that?
1: So Colt and I we're we're located in Pittsburgh. Um I'm a Ste- Ryan here. I'm a Steelers fan. He's a Bills fan, at least now he's holding strong.
0: I've been a Bills fan my whole life. It hasn't been easy.
1: Yeah. And but we're both um I think Penn, more so diehard Penn State. Penn State fans. State fans. So yes. um You're gonna have to. Any Penn State take? Uh, We're we're not really biased people, though. I don't think. I'm usually harder on the teams I like and the the people I like more. But um, yeah, so Penn State plays Buffalo. It's. I feel like this is kind of like the college version version of preseason. They played the Idaho Vandals in week one. Yeah. Seventy nine to seven. They play Buffalo in a freaking night game. So good. So so fast. I've watched the Penn State defense look so slow for so long. I've always felt like our linebackers the last couple seasons. Just felt like they were running in sand, and, yeah. and they look so fast for linebacker you right yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it hasn't Quote been linebacker you for a few years, but I think we're getting back there. And uh I feel bad for the for Buffalo, but at the same time, they probably make a million dollars playing in this game, and
0: yeah, they'll they'll pay for their athletic budget for next two years. I'm sure Khalil Mack will root them on. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know how it ended up being one of the primetime games. I guess there's not much else. Texas LSU. think is the other one yeah that's a that sounds like a great game yeah that'll be a lot more fun to watch yeah
1: all right let's talk about some dynasty trade corner dynasty trade corner so when in doubt huge trogues brewery fans they're when in doubt i'm a i'm a big lager guy myself and they're when in doubt lager their hellas lager is just i mean delicious desert island beer i mean just so good seasonless just doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. All day, every day. Breakfast beer, lunch beer, dinner beer, cold beer, hot beer, whatever. Ooh. So, Dynasty Trade Corner. You actually had put together some pretty good stuff here. So I'm I'm going to defer to you a little bit. I literally wrote all Colts players, that Indianapolis Colts, not oh, okay. your actual players on your roster. But uh, that is that's a
0: joke. I'm not trading any Colts players right now. All oh, Colts they're not, players. They're not
1: really worth much. But um,
0: that's not true. Well, if I can trade you them, I'll really trade them. It's going to fall that much with that line. I, uh, so
1: I, uh, obviously I'm interested in trading Ty Hilton. I'm interested in trading p- any receiver on that team. Marlon Mack. I don't know. I'm not sure. Obviously, they're not going to be in the red zone very much, or as not even close to as much. Right. But I, so here, he, I still like Marlon Mack at like wide or running back, like seventeen, I, eighteen in I, Dynasty. So like, I don't think I don't that changed that is. much.
0: You don't for who? I don't think so. The only people that really had value there was T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack. Mack. Uh, and if people are dumb, they thought Ebron was no, a thing. That's but, dumb. But people, you don't think that he has value.
1: Marlon Mack running back 17. I'm not buying at
0: that price, but I'm also probably not selling at that price. Oh. Yeah. I don't think his value changed enough to move him. And t- Well,
1: you know what? I take that back. I'm looking at Montgomery's behind him. I see Darius Geis behind him. Yeah, I see Miles Sanders behind him. I'm. I, I would. I would trade him for any of those three players. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, but there's also a lot of, I think bombs behind him. Damian Williams, Derrick Henry, Sony Michelle. That's probably like the perfect straight up. Like, which one do you want there?
0: I guess uh, one of the reasons I would have been trading him before was the belief that he's a fourth round pick. And next, uh, the 2020 draft is loaded at running back. Do they bring in someone else anyways in Lux Prime to have an elite running yeah. back? Which I think Marlon Mack is a really really good running back. I don't know if you'd consider him elite. I don't think it matters for running back.
1: It probably doesn't. I think we've seen it time and time again that you know we we haven't seen if if the Okay, so we're talking about fantasy right now. Well, we always talk about fantasy, but if we're talking about NFL and winning and champion Super Bowls, et cetera, oh, we we ha- historically we haven't seen great running backs win Super Bowls. I mean, no. like Emmitt Smith, running in back mid '90s. So I think that any team in the NFL that's winning a Super Bowl is can win it with a Marlon Mack. So if I'm Absolutely. a GM in the real NFL, I'm not investing in Zeke or Barkley or no. any of these players. I'm I'll take Marlon Mack or Aaron Jones or uh, I'm winning a Super Bowl with those guys. So
0: right yeah but they still want them because they're dumb yeah GMS absolutely dumb.
1: and and I think like you said I think the 2020 class is gonna scorch the earth of a bunch of mediocre running backs so look across the league all of the teams with really kind of mediocre situations so like you said I, I think that if Andrew Luck was still there
0: you'd you know, be just as afraid for that yeah and I'm just saying I don't think that his value I think is I think he's safer
1: I think he, probably his his uh his job is safer now without Andrew Luck because that's crazy you to hate say, to say but it yeah, I agree. but it, it's almost like the Super Bowl aspirations are still there but they're not Vanished, the expected the, uh, You know what I mean?
0: huh. <sighs> we'll see what Brissette does yeah first.
1: exactly I mean I like Brissette but it, it when you drop from Andrew Luck to Brissette it, you're your Super Bowl aspirations go down the toilet right. I mean, whether that's fair or not to Brissette We haven't seen a lot of him We've only seen him on a horrible team Not the Colts team that's in place right now So, you know We saw him with a horrible offensive line We saw him with
0: hardly any weapons Yeah. So, so uh, speaking of trading We have mm-hmm. Dynasty Trade Corner Yep uh, we're gonna I picked a couple wide receivers since uh, for the most part our our sh- our plan was to do a mainly wide receiver based show uh, a couple wide receivers that uh, uh, we haven't talked about yet actually most of them yeah uh, to see where their trade value is so I I'm a big fan both of us uh, of using the trade calculators to get an idea of yeah. value so uh, the player profiler they have uh, uh, Dynasty Dominator, is it Dominator, Dominator app?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you'll
0: Dominator app. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's pretty good to use. And DLF also has their own tool. Uh, but in addition to that, I like to see what they're actually trading for because the value could be different in each league, depending on your league mates and uh, how they perceive players and how into it they are. So I think it's good to take a look at what the actual market value is versus what the perceived market value is based on tools. So first, a wide receiver we're going to take a look at and some trades I thought were interesting were uh, for Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chargers Mike Williams. Chargers Mike Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Not old school Dallas Mike Williams. Uh, so what, what do you think about Mike Williams, just to just start it off a little bit? Yeah, no, um, I
1: didn't love him as a prospect. Um, I bought him maybe a month or so ago when he was sitting around wide receiver 34 35 i thought personally he would have been one of those flashers for me where i don't think he's wide receiver 15 i think he could settle into wide receiver 24 so at the plus you know at the plus 10 pickup i'm always going to invest in that i think i traded dante pettis mike gasecki and a third round rookie pick so for me, you know, that's something I would invest in, but um you know, I like him being the second receiver with the Chargers. I, I liked his ten touchdowns. Well, he's third now well,
0: that maybe Hunter Henry's back. Maybe. maybe maybe we don't know. I mean, I think he's just people a touch... love Hunter Henry, but we still got to see it. Yeah, we got. I mean, we did his rookie year. Yeah. We'll we'll see what happens this year. I think he's a touchdown dependent. Yeah, he might be. He's gonna need at least thirty more targets because his touchdowns we'll see are gonna regress down them. to seven yeah. probably. We'll see what he does with yeah. them. Uh But so the first trade we have is, and this is especially relevant based on recent uh, yeah. happenings uh with the Raiders was Mike Williams for Antonio Brown straight up. This was in a 12 team uh 12 team dynasty league, start 9, 32, 32 player roster, so these are pretty fairly deep rosters. Uh single quarterback uh PPR uh PPR league. Yeah. So what do you think about that? I think this is roster construction. This all depends on your roster
1: construction. The league I have him in, I would not make that trade. I would keep Mike Williams, but if you are If you're a fringe contender that really could get boosted by, you know, that one, you know, I'm trying to think of like who you'd be starting in your flex, where if you could bump that from Mike Williams to Antonio Brown in this season, I think that that is something that, you know, I mean, Antonio Brown is a higher rated wide receiver for me in 2019 without a doubt even with all the drama even with all the helmets and the cracker talk for mike mayock (laughs) and all of the other craziness he i definitely think antonio for this year without a doubt antonio brown has a better 2019 than mike williams without a doubt for me but in dynasty depending on my roster construction if i'm a pretty decent team that's pretty deep i'm probably hanging on to mike williams here but I again, it depends on your roster construction, whether you know what you got going on.
0: I'm taking AB. Yeah. I'll swerve into the crazy. I don't care. I think AB. The only thing stopping him from having a Jerry Rice end to his career is C.T. That's probably it. Uh, but I'll take that chance yeah. because Mike Williams. I think he's a wide receiver to two slash three, mm-hmm. which you can find anywhere yeah uh, there's only so many elite wide receivers in the league that mm-hmm. have top top 10 potential
1: do you think Antonio still has top 10 potential with Derek Carr in that offense at the age of 31 I do okay yeah I I don't I'm not saying he doesn't I don't I'm not sure that he does or doesn't um I think if he's there 100 and things click the right way we all know that wide receivers going from one team to another it's really hard to be as a you know yeah absolutely
0: as much he's gonna get so much volume and i don't think i don't think mike williams has top 10 ever in his career in his range out i don't see that either but i think antonio brown does for the next three years okay have top 10 each year
1: yeah i think that's probably a bold
0: take um but maybe yeah um so, second trade we got here is probably a little bit more easier, yeah. I'm uh, taking... more comparative and easier to swallow. It would be Tyler Lockett for Mike Williams. Uh, this is another straight-up trade. Uh, it's 12 teams, start 10, roster 27. Uh, so, it looks like a half-point PPR league. Yeah, we're both taking Tyler Lockett. Um, yes. I
1: don't love Tyler Lockett as a player, but I love the fact that he's with Russell Wilson and there's dog shit behind him. I mean... Name, name the Seahawks starting tight end. Is it Will Disley? Gisley, yeah. Okay, that guy. He's starting literally looks like he works at Chick Fil A. Yeah, um, I do you love like Chick Fil A? Yeah, well, I mean, everyone loves Chick Fil A. <laughs> but you know, their second wide receiver. I mean, is it DK Metcalf? Great. I mean, he's a rookie and he's got a super outlier profile. Profile. Yeah. And he's injury prone, or you know, as much as you can be in college. Wolverine. Yeah, I mean, he does do he his own surgeries. But, healing uh, powers. Yeah, well, he so, probably
0: had to learn because he was hurt so much.
1: And I don't think, and this is not a original take, but I don't think that the Seattle defense is going to be that great. It's not the Legion of, of uh, Boom anymore, or whatever. No. So I think that that team's going to have to throw a lot more than they have in the past. And Tyler Lockett's number one, and I'm always going to roll with that. Um, is it?
0: funny as it is, he's uh, just as touchdown dependent, but he looks, there's no, last year was the biggest outlier season in NFL history. (laughs) I
1: think he was, I think I want to say that Tyler, that Russell Wilson had a 158.3 quarterback rating when targeting Tyler Lockett, which is literally a perfect quarterback rating that I I would be shocked if that's ever happened. And I would be shocked if that ever happens again, but it doesn't matter. Tyler Lockett is, he's going to get volume. Um, and when we say running backs you want the better offense generally athletic running backs and better offenses wide receivers we're talking volume it is all about opportunity especially in today's nfl 2019 nfl where it's like um
0: you that's know, why you like terry mclaurin
1: yeah exactly well truthfully it is and then and it's just spread him and shred him now on a wide receiver so if you can find you know the the ex receiver is kind of on the way out, at least for now, whether that's a fad or it's, you know, the real thing. I'm not sure, right. but follow it, the targets. Exactly. So, you know, you got every team has two or three viable receivers on the field, except for Seattle. So I'm interested in Lockett for sure, especially for Mike Williams straight up. Right. Well, where do you have Tyler Lockett in dynasty? just hopped up your head.
0: Uh, He's a top 20. Yeah,
1: that's right. I, I 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Where I think Mike Williams is more like 24, 25. Absolutely. Everybody. Yeah. Yep, so, yep. I don't know who's making that trade, but I'm taking it.
0: I'm going to skip this next one. I didn't I just noticed now it was a 92 team league. What the hell how do you do that? I don't know. European Dynasty Super League. Okay. 92 <laughs> team, start 18, <laughs> roster 35. Probably some kind of glory hole situation. Glory <laughs> hole. <laughs> All right. So, we'll skip that one and uh we'll look at Mike Williams for some trades. We have Mike Williams uh for uh, this would have been the 2019 1.09 and 2.01. This is a 10 team start 11 roster 30 one point PPR what are you what are you thinking that's literally you taking t- the picks
1: that that to me is like I think that's value I, I really look at that and I think okay who am I getting at 109 am I getting like Paris Campbell who am I getting at 201 are we talking about DK Metcalf I gotta wait for each of them for two to three years. Roster construct. This is where roster construction of your team matters, right? Um, but uh, to me, that's that's really roster construction.
0: I would I I would take Mike Williams. Yeah this this draft sucked. Yeah, yeah. shit. So we'll go on to the next trade, which was Mike Williams for a twenty twenty first and a twenty twenty second. Let's pass on that. Twelve one. team start eight <laughs> rush thirty five. I'm taking the picks there.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, we both talked about how we like production over future draft capital and and this is just more strategy talk but if if you're giving up you know we're in week one right now of the nfl season if you're giving up a player whether you like him or not but had 10 touchdowns last year in his second year in the nfl he's tied to a good quarterback and if you're giving him up for future picks that aren't even going to help you this year so if you're the guy trading picks for him you know you're picking up something that's literally not going to help you this year so you're already giving up a year there but you shouldn't do that if you need a wide yeah. receiver but in this situation with how good the 2020 class i think is going to be in a vacuum especially at running back um and we've talked about the running backs producing early and you know much more often i think again depending on roster construction as always but i, I think i'm taking the picks here regardless
0: okay uh so that's enough of mike williams for yeah. now. am the Done with him. We're gonna move on to someone else. Uh, we had not really talked about much, Mister Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. Thielen. I think we talked about him just as a guy that was turning
1: 29. Uh, and if you could trade for him for old guy trade guys and
0: the whole white wide receiver thing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. White, white,
1: undrafted. <laughs> what Minnesota State?
0: So Minnesota State, a lot of Mr. things, Mister Minnesota. So productive. His first, I guess, his third year. Yeah. In the league?
1: Well, no, I think he's been in for like five. But well, I think he was he's on really only squads. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking last two seasons have
1: been epic production. Yeah. Uh definitely tailed just turn, off at Just the turning twenty eight nine. Yeah. I'm not too worried about him nope. his age. Not worried about the age. He I he's got very little wear and tear on the body. And he and he's not it's not like he's this dynamic he athlete win with that's gonna yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not when he loses, you know, a mini step or Strong, whatever. Strong, great hands. Yeah.
0: Uh, so first trade. Uh, this, this, I think this is an interesting one. It's Adam Thielen for Chris Godwin and Richard Higgins, standard twelve team, uh, one point PPR.
1: Yeah, I'd probably take the Godwin Higgins side on that one. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of like, you know, who's been there and who might be there kind of trade. Absolutely, you know, we've seen Thielen; he's been there. There's nothing to say he won't be there. They just paid him. I know this Stefanski talk, the new offensive coordinator for the Vikings. There's a lot of talk about how this year finished out and all that different stuff. But you know, at the end it's of a the very year, very
0: consolidated target share between him and Diggs, and Diggs is hurt often.
1: By the way, did you see that? Uh, did you see that Minnesota released Laquan Treadwell, but then they signed Josh Doxon? Yeah, it was a, just a swap, <laughs> swap a first round bust from the same season. But uh,
0: and then Treadwell signed with the Redskins. No, he didn't. No, that'd be so great. <laughs>
1: Still got Terry McLaurin there. Um, yeah, you know uh, this is really like a who's done it versus who's who I think will do it. But I like Godwin a lot. Um, All time leading receiver at Penn State, just a great, great receiver. Um, and I, I think. We don't know really what to expect with Jameis Winston and Arians, but we kind of know what to expect. We know that Jameis is going to take every chance to throw the ball downfield. Absolutely. We know that Arians has a DJF attitude. He doesn't care at all. He is going to. He doesn't care if he turns the ball over all the time. He wants. To, I mean, when when he was the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, they were the best and worst years of Ben Roethlisberger because. He threw the ball downfield every play, but he also took the biggest hits because, I mean, obviously you're sitting back in the pocket for a while. Ben to got get beat hard. Oh, so hard.
0: And Jameis is black Ben. That's true. <laughs> I mean, he's just big, dumb quarterback you yep. throw far. Uh, so, yeah,
1: again, this is this truly to me is I'm probably – I think I'm probably taking the Godwin side. Um, but, you know, this is really like an interesting case study here of like I think the next three years of Thielen should be pretty good. I think the next year, three years of Godwin should be pretty good, and I think Godwin's probably got more time on the end of that. But, yeah, I think you're projecting a little bit more with Godwin. Higgins, I guess, is fine in depth, but, you know, nothing that gets me too Holly excited. Hollywood Higgins? He's fine, but, like— On a Baker offense? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I don't like—you Lan- know I don't like Jarvis Landry, so—
0: Jarvis Landry's a bum. Odell's yeah. always hurt. So I think I'm think we're, definitely we're, taking we're the Godwin. We're both taking the Godwin. Yeah. We're I, have Godwin, the Godwin I have Godwin above Thielen. Yeah. My I think I have them anyways? both.
1: I probably have them both around that fourteen, fifteen range. I, right. To me, like you know how it is with tiers. Give me any of those guys in the six, and I'm I'm good. But yeah, what do we got here next?
0: Oh, uh, this is uh, a <laughs> this is definitely an interesting one based on uh, recent events. This is Melvin Gordon for Adam Thielen, straight up. Uh, this is a deeper league two thirty-two team, but I think it's interesting to talk about. Uh, would you do this trade, especially based on the news? We don't know where Melvin Gordon's gonna play. Yeah, so if if this
1: trade probably wouldn't have happened if Melvin Gordon was you know still actively playing for the Chargers, I I highly doubt this. No, trade No, this would was have in happened. early August. Yeah, so, so we still didn't know. So I'm taking Thielen here for sure. Um, Gordon's 26. I'm not a huge. I, I like him in the Chargers offense just fine, but I'm not a huge fan of him in general. I think he's a little bit of a compiler. I think he needs a lot. If you've owned him, he's one of those guys you look at the box score or more so like year-end fantasy points, and you're like, wow, Melvin Gordon, another great season. But when you, if, if you've owned him, it, it, there's a lot that goes into it. He needs that 25 touches a game. Um, if we're looking he at... He hasn't a, had a healthy year yet. No, no. Either. And if we're looking at a three-year window, Melvin Gordon's 26. We don't know if he's playing in his age 26 season. Right. So that puts him maybe on a new team at 27. Uh, to me thielen at a young 29 uh, i'm probably going to take that in a two to three year window i don't know how you feel about that
0: i i agree i agree i I take him. uh like we talked about earlier this comes down to some uh, dynasty strategy wide receivers generally last longer than running backs yeah and unless you're getting an elite uh adam thielen is a top top 20 wide receiver in dynasty i think
1: seasonally in dynasty yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: so uh we'll talk I'll move down a little bit because we already had yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Godwin. That's a that's a slam dunk there. So. Uh, what about Adam Thielen for Tyler Boyd in the twenty twenty second?
1: Yeah, I'll take Tyler Boyd in the twenty twenty second. I think I agree with you there. I don't like the the Cincinnati offense as much, but uh, Tyler Boyd's. I think he's proven it enough for me to take a chance on him and uh i don't even I, I don't know if it's really a chance i think he's proven enough that it's not really that much of a chance you toss into twenty twenty second on top of that which i really like this class um you know
0: as we sit here on september 6th um yeah i'm, I'm gonna take that side of it would have, you're the same way absolutely uh we'll do one more adam thielen for carry on johnson i don't understand this this must have been some type of weird league where some team was
1: super heavy at running back i'm taking the carry on johnson for sure
0: yeah i agree
1: um now, I twelve team. hate the Lions, and I hate Matt Patricia, but if we know anything,
0: they're going to run the ball. They are going to run the ball. All right, let me get my paper together. So we're going to talk about one more that I threw in here because uh, we had said earlier about uh, taking players you really like. Uh, uh, that's not what I meant to say. We had talked a little bit earlier about wide receivers take some time to develop. Yeah. Uh, so if you find a, a a receiver that you like, sometimes you just got to go get them, especially after their first year. We talked about we can get them later. We talked about our flashers that we should be getting now. So I want to look at some Enkeel Harry trades to see about where it would be to get him. Uh, First one I see is a twenty twenty first in Quincy and Nunwa for Enkeel Harry. Would you make that trade? I would. I'm I'm, I'm going to take the pick. So you, if you're on the if you're on the NKIL side, you're taking the twenty twenty first and the NUNWA. I am. Okay, I am too. I um,
1: because if you've taken NQ Harry, you've already invested definitely a very high first twenty 2019 first in him. I like twenty twenty class a lot more. The chances, and I'm going to take a running back in the twenty twenty class. Yeah. Um, I don't think Harry Harry's going to do anything for your dynasty roster in twenty nineteen. So you could say, hey, you're trading it for a future pick, but. There, there's no 2019 impact of this trade. No, um, Quincy Enunwa to me is kind of just like I don't know. Maybe Man. they were trying to true up the roster size and yeah. <laughs> throw a guy in. uh You know, I don't. He mind. might.
0: He'll probably have more production this year than
1: Enkel. <laughs> okay, that put that in the time capsule. To Quincy Enunwa scores more fantasy points than Kill Harry. You know, if Quincy Enun was my wide receiver nine, I'm fine with that. Yeah, absolutely. But i um You know, he's not the part of this deal that's making it move. So.
0: Yeah, I'll take the 2020 first. The next one, we got someone we had talked about earlier, so this will be interesting. NQ Harry for AJ Green. Yeah, I'm taking Enkio Harry, I think. Are you? I think I am. Do you think you I, are?
1: I, here's why. You know, it might be a little bit contradictory to my normal thought process, but he, again, maybe roster construction matters here, but like, I don't think AJ Green is helping your fantasy team in 2019. It's his age 31 season. Fourth year in mm. a row with an ankle injury or foot injury, or et cetera. And bad so, offense. Bad offense. I don't know who he's – he's in a contract year. So, I mean, could he end up somewhere else? Sure. but am The I Patriots. Excited, sure, but am I excited <laughs> about – thirty? Well, that's like Demarius Thomas. <laughs> like, are you picking up – if Demarius Thomas is on your waiver wire right now, are you picking him up? No. So, that drop-off is right. fast and hard. So, Demarius Thomas is the same age as A.J. Green. This, they don't play – the exact same style but they're bigger yeah, re- bigger yeah. receivers so do i think aj green at the age of now we're talking age 32 season four injuries in a row you know i'll I'll take the profile of nko harry at 22 years old
0: i agree with you uh aj green he's did you gonna- change your mind halfway through there
1: what? Did you have A.J. Green at first? No. Okay, because so when I said that, you looked surprised. I wasn't sure if you... I was just
0: surprised at where you went. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, no, I think in that case, because I really... I hate to say this because I love A.J. Green as a player and everything I know about him as a person in the NFL. Right. I really love A.J. Green. I just don't think he helps your fantasy team in 2019. And I think that he had... Like N.K. Harry has the same chance to help your team in 2020 that he does. Yeah. So that I'm I'm going to take the 10 years. So basically. wait,
0: Anunwa Anunwa over AJ Green over Anunwa over Nikhil Harry over AJ Green? Is that where you got Inunua it? Anunwa in first. No, but you said uh you think N- I, I said I thought Anunwa has a chance to score more fantasy points than Nkeil and you just said that. You were talking 2019? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And you just said that uh I
1: think AJ Green scores the most fantasy points in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think he helps your fantasy right, in 2019. Right, your right. fantasy team.
0: I'm going to jump down to one more. We'll go through uh, one more enkeel uh pick. Uh yeah we'll do this one Enkeel Keel for Andy Isabella in the 2021st. I'm taking Isabella in the first. I'm I'm taking this because you love Isabella. Yeah right?
1: yeah I love the white receiver prototype. Um you know if only he ended up in New England because his comp my Isabella comp was obviously Edelman and Amendola right the way and uh, Chris Hogan. There's, Chris Hogan that, that was the comps they obviously just Adam Thielen. Yeah yeah too easy right? No I mean I, I would honestly. I would take a top six or seven 20, 20 first. I mean, you don't know. No, right. For sure. I, you, sometimes you know, right? Yeah. Sometimes. We all have teams in this <laughs> where you're like, yeah, I know. You know yeah. what I mean? But if you told me it was going to be a top six, seven pick, I'm taking that over, Harry. Just pick straight up. Pick straight up. I you throw Isabella you. in, I'm definitely in.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. So essentially, Enkeel has no value. So if you like him, you can go get him right now. Yeah, actually, I'm gonna make a trade for Enkeel. And who was the other guy I was trading for? Oh, Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds. So would you do 2022nd for Enkeel? No, 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 no. I definitely want Enkeel. No, you take Enkeel over 2022nd for sure. Yeah. What well, about a second and a third? No, no. I want Enkeel. Okay. So yeah. just a first.
1: Yeah, for me, for me, I want to consolidate my draft picks. So uh, you know, I definitely want. I definitely want. The second and third isn't exciting to me versus, you know, I want this first and the
0: seconds as much as I can. Yep. It's all the trades I got. Yeah. We're four beers in, three beers in. What time we got? How much time we earned? Two hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is probably the <laughs> standard take... episode for
1: us. <laughs> it's good. Take me forever to edit this. I don't think it'll be too much. We didn't have like too much like random crap in there that you need to edit out.
0: Yeah, but no one's going to listen to our, a 2-hour podcast with us.
1: Nobody's going to listen to our podcast period. That's not true. All right. Well, this was episode 1. Episode 1. T- episode 1, 2 hours is pretty solid. That is impressive. So I think we have a lot more dynasty to talk about. Um I know personally we ran out at the end of the show sheet, but I think personally we could probably do eight more hours of dynasty talk and that's what you're going to get when you tune in you're going to get a lot of dynasty talk you you know not a lot of people some people love the jj zacharice in 15 minutes some people love the matt kelly podfather two hours i'm definitely more of a two hour podcast guy i'm going to be cutting my grass for three hours and listening to something so we got a lot more coming your way um and um yeah tune in we we should have another episode next week all right, Excuse we're me. checking out. Sounds oh, we're good. We're burping. So. We're burping. Sorry yeah, about that's that. What yeah. happens. With, uh, uh, we're too also much.
0: working on our website dynastyindepth.com. Yeah, tell Twitter handle too. Uh, Colt at dynastyindepth. <laughs> there you go. Actually, I need to double check to make sure that's it. I don't even know. This is this is like an incubator podcast. We're, we're in are, the basement.
1: Yeah, we're. This is beta, brand new.
0: This is our third time attempting, and third time was a charm. Where we finally got it recorded. Hopefully, it actually saves. Wouldn't that be?
1: Well, either way, we got to talk about Dynasty for two hours, yeah. which is what we do all day, anyways. That's so, true. I think I send my wife like fifteen text messages a month, and I probably send you a thousand. So <laughs> yeah, a day. All right, so we're checking off. We're checking out here. Um, anybody that listens, I hope you enjoy it, and uh, we'll catch you next week. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. Thanks, guys.